0: Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and
3: welcome into Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook Live and make sure you you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. And you can watch this program starting next week. You can watch the Brian Bailey Show. Also, uh, all of our other great videos, Pirate Radio Trivia, all available there for you at our YouTube page. Am I doing this? am so i talking with my hands a little bit to start a little bit to start the show today uh chandler honeycutt is here what's up chan what's up clipper good to see you back in your uh, normal chair and great to see shirley rhodes back as well shirley uh got a lot going on but we appreciate your time and efforts
4: yeah good to be back in the chair again <sighs> is it the yeah Whoop, oh, she's definite. got a phone. Donuts. Call. <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> sorry, I forgot to mute that.
3: Right out of the gate.
4: ah uh, I'm sorry.
3: As I welcome you back in, the phone goes off. Shirley, uh, good to see you as well. Uh, and it'll be great to see Billy Weaver here in a moment as he's going to join us right here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Also, coming up on today's show, the prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, formerly of WCTI 12, now working up in new york uh, as part uh, as part of sports grid uh with the fanduel sports book you see her everywhere she's on sirius xm msg networks Uh, she does it all and she is really good at baseball props Uh, i think the last time she lost was when she was on the show with us like well, I've put the jinx on everything. Uh, but she's been red hot, so we'll uh, we'll see if she's got any plays for us tonight. We'll talk major league baseball, NFL, maybe some college football with Ariel Epstein later on in today's show. We will go around the diamond with Mark Brown from CamdenChat.com, recap the MLB trade deadline, take a look at the AL East and all the major league baseball, a little major league baseball talk coming up at around four twenty. Steven Igo, the new dad, joins us at five o'clock via the Fixed NC Live line. We'll uh, talk about what he's looking forward to seeing at uh, ECU football practice, which begins on Wednesday. Players reported today. Practice begins tomorrow, so uh, we'll be covering that and keeping an eye on uh, if anything of note happens at AAC Media Days with Mike Oresko uh, making comments and talking. We'll have that for you as well in the next couple of days. So an exciting time, excitement time. As Mike Houston would say, as we get into football 2021, if you missed the great chat with Mike Houston yesterday, it's available online uh, and in our uh, our podcast forms as well to go check out. We'll run uh, some Mike Houston cuts from yesterday later on in today's show. And uh, had a great chat with Alec Burleson yesterday. Congratulations to Burley going from Double A AA to Triple A uh, as part of the Memphis Redbirds. Now they begin a series tonight with the Durham Bulls, so uh, perhaps an opportunity to see Burley in the lineup uh, over in Durham taking on the Bulls. So uh, congratulations to Alec. We had him on the program yesterday. All right, let's get to uh, today's rundown, and we'll start with the latest on conference realignment, conference shenanigans, Big 12 shenanigans. So here's where we are today. By the way, I did see that the Florida State outgoing president came out and said, Florida State has not reached out to the SEC. those reports are untrue. I, you know, I don't know who to believe, but you do have to believe that the SEC, if the SEC is interested, Clemson and Florida State are going to listen and uh crunch the numbers and see what is more beneficial to them to stay in the acc or to join this super mega power deal the sec is forming with the addition of texas and oklahoma uh but the latest on the big 12 is bob Bowlsby and george Klavakoff, uh the commissioner of the pac 12 i don't know how to say his last Klobikoff. name i'm gonna go with it's K L I A V K O F F, Klavkoff, it's
5: the Big Twelve,
3: Klavkoff, and Bob Bowlesby, uh had a meeting today, and talking about a potential partnership between the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. Uh, this was reported by the Athletic. Uh, it does not signify an expectation of an official partnership to materialize only that both commissioners are going over options about how to move forward uh, with Texas-Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. That according to The Athletic, and I'm reading this off ESPN.com. So the Big 12 kind (laughs) of their last gasp here perhaps before, say, Kansas and Iowa State leave for the Big Ten, or they join a partnership with Mike Oresko and the AAC and form a, a giant conference. Uh, before that happens maybe they try to get a deal going with the pac-12 and say hey we can be uh the big pack and have all the west coast and the central time zones covered and we'll have our own mega conference to try to battle the sec i don't know how this is all going to work but that is the latest story uh today in the uh, the craziness going on in college athletics so chandler any thoughts
6: i haven't had much thought on on this since it's come out it's just all kind of confusing to me about who's what's going on so i'm leaving my opinions to myself <laughs> all right i don't have any that's what <laughs> what i'm saying is that i don't have any opinions on the matter
3: and, and that's fine you know what i think more people should be like you you don't have to have an opinion there's on nothing everything. i can do about it well that is true you don't control it but like on uh on social media on everything There are certain people that that have to have an opinion on every single story that comes out. That's literally (laughs) not me, and and it is okay to not care. Or it's not that I don't care. It's
6: just I'm trying to wait until something actually. It's.
3: I'm just saying it's okay to not care. It's also okay to care, but not have an educated opinion and not put it out there. Right. It's it's fine. It's okay to to just lay low. If it's not great for sports talk radio but it's (laughs) it's okay in the real world and on social media. Uh, All right, so there's uh, number one today on the rundown. All right, as we said, ECU reporting and uh, fall camp getting underway on Wednesday, and we're going to learn quite a bit early on. Talked about it with Ronnie Woodward yesterday that uh, a couple of things. Who is the first team tight end? There's going to be one tight end on the field. Has Ryan Jones done enough? to get in the coach's good graces and get him on the field quite a bit is it shane calhoun coming off a solid freshman year is it the transfer aaron jarman Jarman. you still have zach bird uh you got a ton of options there uh what does the o-line look like day one with the ones with east carolina football is noah henderson put right back in the mix at tackle coming off a year not playing football um how much bigger is bailey Malovic? i'm interested to see the head uh, with my own eyes. Two ninety
6: six sounds big to me. That's yeah. what Mike Houston
3: said yesterday. He talked about how just at a place he looked last year at the tackle position for East Carolina, I, thrown into the fire with Deontay Smith and Noah Henderson being out.
6: I remember being at the spring game, uh, in March or in April, whenever it was, and being right there with the offensive line doing drills, and I already had, could tell the um the improvement weight wise that Bailey Malovic had had. Uh, and actually, he was kind of unrecognizable. If it wasn't for his number, I wouldn't know it was Belly Malevich. So, he's kind of grown into his frame a, a bunch. And um, that's good to see, offensive line-wise.
3: Who, uh, I love Mike Houston's answer yesterday when I asked him about the running backs behind Mitchell and Harris. And my question was, who's, who's number three? Who could potentially get some carries this year for East Carolina behind those guys? And he said, that's up to them and uh, well okay great right. answer if you remember last year and you know we kind of thought that he was just being coy or, or didn't want to say but we'd ask him like seems like he'd be asked every week okay who's uh your number one running back and, and he'd say well that, uh, we still got a few days of practice left i'll let you know you know saturday like he really does if it's if everything's even like that if it's an even playing field he leaves it up to how the guys perform at practice And going into the year, we thought, okay, Penix is back. Mooney. Uh, Demetrius Mooney is the team's leading rusher from a year ago. This Chase Hayden guy was at Arkansas. He's got to be good. Right. And it all kind of played itself out. And the best, uh, the cream rose to the top. And that was uh, Rajay and Keaton Mitchell. Both two uh, true freshmen. So
6: who... Who would that be no this one, year? And yeah, no one. No, like I was about to say, there there could be another person, another true freshman or uh lower class lower classmen that can burst on the scene like those two did last year. There could be a running
3: back on the roster better than those two right now, which is scary to think. I mean, I don't, I don't. If I had to bet on it, I would say Harrison Mitchell get the line share of the carries in twenty twenty one. But then again, last year, if I had to bet on it, I would have said Penix and Hayden. So what the hell do I know? Right. You're saying I don't know anything. <laughs> you agreed way too quickly with that. Do we not
7: agree? We <laughs> not agree?
3: We agree. I don't know anything.
7: You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. Who is that guy I, I, in t-
3: the running back room along with Harrison Mitchell? It is great having
6: that much talent. That much yeah, talent I in a- <laughs> 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 that much talent in the running back room. But with the transfer portal, it's, it's kind of scary because. It, one one person takes another oh, person's job, and you know their you know their snaps become
3: limited one ball to go around there, there they hammer. go yeah that's uh that's part of the reality though
6: but used to just like man the more the merrier the more talent we can have you know the more guys we can mix in that's great for our program in our running back room now
3: oh because there's going to be injuries there's going to be fatigue yeah that's a position where you need five six guys and I think we got him this year. Absolutely. We just don't know the pecking order. We don't even really know what they're going to do with Harrison Mitchell. I mean, I, I think it's going to be, and I'm basing this off nothing. Harris, 60, 40, 65, 35. you say saying Harris is at 65%. Yeah, I guess. But then again, I, I don't know. It could be 50-50.
6: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, what, what would you think it was last year?
3: Well, Mitchell had some big games uh, due to Harris being out. When it was just when Harris was healthy, that's a great question. I, I might throw that out to Igo if he has any more uh, insight on the numbers from a year ago. Like, and I guess I can look at some box scores. But when Rajay Harris is healthy, how many snaps did Mitchell get? And uh, I remember it, the what
6: game was it? it was it the Tulsa game that Mitchell really burst on the scene? Was that a game that uh, Harris was out, or was that a game that, that – no, they both were playing in that game. So, I think we saw a lot of uh, of a mix there between those two.
3: When you go by and, the end of the year, 128, 128 carries for Harris, 88 for Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell
6: uh, caught a lot out of the backfield as well too, right? Yardage,
3: 624 to 443. Harris just four touchdowns. Mitchell had two. Receptions-wise, uh, Harris had six catches. Keaton Mitchell – had 11 catches so uh yeah kind of doubled him on catches there they both had one receiving touchdown um and again uh, yeah we don't know how these guys are going to be used every day on saturdays um also i'm interested to see the d-line who is i think we know at this point debrew debrew as mike houston called him i noticed that yesterday i noted that we have had some discussion on Rick Diabreu slash Diabreu slash Debrue's name. It's Debrew. and he went with Debrue, right? That's what he said. And I'm a, I'm
6: gonna trust the head man in charge.
3: Yeah, uh, that it's Debrue.
6: I like Diabreu
5: though. <laughs> Rick I mean,
3: Diabreu. Yeah, I think we said that too. I think I get pointed out because of former uh, Philly slugger Bobby Abreu. Yeah, um, I remember him. Rick Debrue that sounds really cool too though it just doesn't really w. match how it looks right but i don't know um so elijah he, morris is another guy him and mention. elijah morris i think are pretty you can pin them in with ink how about behind that billy weaver is joining me on the show today uh just not in studio billy what do you think yell really loud well, I think about what <laughs> well, it sounds like the voice of god i like that all right uh weaver you can join us anytime feel free um so uh but who's behind morris and debrew uh they're the d-line position those are uh, some things to look at linebacker dbs i think they're loaded this year they're loaded with players now how linebacker, good are going to be we'll see but the linebacking crew is
6: really
1: got oh, me holy excited. crap we almost almost had an osha incident uh, what incident? OSHA. OSHA. Okay. Do oh. you know what OSHA is? Um, that uh, I don't know what it stands for, but I know in construction you have to have OSHA standards and all that. We stuff. did not give
3: Billy a hard hat when he entered today. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you caught it on film. Yeah.
1: How you like my hat, by the way? I like that lid. Whoa! Old throwback, school. huh? Right. I found that. I found this today. The old pirate radio 1259. Yeah, I, I was looking through some boxes and found some stuff. I was looking for my Super Bowl credential from 15. And, uh, Wait what? My Super Bowl. Career. Oh, from
3: 2015. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Super Bowl 15.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Billy, I am that old. You got started early <laughs> in the biz. All right, what year was that? Super. Somebody, Bowl. somebody, Google it real quick. 15? Super Bowl 15. What year was that? What do you think? That uh, right off the top of your head, what do you think? Nin- I'm going to so say Super Bowl I 1 was what? No, it
3: was, it's got to be after it's that. Be after Super that? Bowl one was 60. 60 was it late 60s
1: or mid 60s? Okay, so I'm saying if Super Bowl 15, maybe 80 i'm gonna say 81. 80 i'm gonna say 83 okay 83 was but 83 was the redskins redskins dolphins beat. uh so what what super bowl was that 16 right Shirley, 81 got... that was right you boom call. You call. boom so who was that it was the raiders
4: and the eagles
3: Ugh. the raiders all right ron jaworski playing in that game anyway <laughs> uh i tell you what <laughs> quick, we get on that subject. shout out to uh the hat makers that's a good gold it is a it's good hard gold. to do a gold. it is right? a good
1: gold because you know we've talked about this before the ecu gold is more yellow yeah um i like jmu's gold yeah they're right. purple and gold their their colors are awesome they look it's it's royal purple and old gold which is ecu's official colors and i think this hat this lid here is more more gold true gold
3: Weave always knows how to say words that sound like curses that aren't. That's a true pro. That, according to Tony <laughs> Dunn, uh, OSHA. I get it now. Got
2: <laughs> you didn't get no, it. We, didn't. No, I didn't get it. Me
3: and we, Clip both looked at each other. Like, did you just
6: say,
4: oh. "Wow"?
3: <laughs> Wait, do you just got that, time that? We've called in. Can we
4: play I just, this? I just got oh, that. Man. Oh, got no. That. I don't know if I still have that or not.
3: When you told me to,
6: uh, what did he say well, uh, Remember that we decided that we shouldn't play it again because it sounded so <laughs> familiar to the word. He <laughs> was trying
4: to say it was good to speak to
1: you. But it sounded and it like sounded,
4: It sounded because the phone cut because out. Because there was a
1: dropout in the phone. Yeah. And it sounded right.
4: very much like you were telling him you." <laughs> well,
1: wait, did something happen uh, I'm not aware That's of? That's so funny. Uh, Billy
3: Weaver is here. We're talking uh, fall camp opening up tomorrow let's yeah. get underway on Wednesday.
1: That's going to be fun. Yep. It's, it's nice going into a fall camp where it seems a little bit more like normal i guess there's
3: still things going on but as far as the football goes right, right i think over there like it's it's normal
1: yeah and that's good you know you can start honing in on, on actual football and not worrying about all the extracurricular stuff outside of, of football so I, it's gonna be fun right it's gonna be real fun to follow and go through uh through camp and and see uh you know some of the guys making some noise over there in camp
3: Billy Weaver joining us. Let's uh continue on uh oh, a training camp brawl today. Did you see this week? Saw that. Yeah. Involving the New York Football Giants
5: uh-huh. and
1: somehow according to the report, Daniel Jones ended up in the bottom of the pile. And you know what? What from what I was reading, I was reading that story and that's one of those things where if you're a, if if you're a football team Obviously, you don't want your quarterback at the bottom of the pile. You don't want him anywhere near it. But when a fight breaks out in camp and your your starting quarterback is at the bottom of the pile throwing blows, who gets more well, respect than that? That, that is guy. That is true. Because you're going to get the most respect and admiration from your teammates. Your teammates are going to be like, man, we don't want our, our starting quarterback getting hurt. But, yo, man, that, that guy's got my Daniel back. Daniel Jones doesn't
6: He's... sound like somebody that would...
3: Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think this is more of a Jones who clumsily fell down who got, and who got caught that, up. in the hay I don't lane. think he's
6: down there swinging. But you know on
1: what? Everybody. But his but his teammates have been given him props. So if you're Daniel Jones and that is the case, oh yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I was in there,
3: absolutely.
6: Props to you, DJ.
1: That's right. I was in there throwing blows. I had my I had my guys back.
3: Look around and make sure nobody that knows the truth is That's right. I was hey. reading. I was No, read- I had him right here by the head. <laughs> I was going to town on him. I was reading a
6: thread on Twitter, and apparently, according to the guy that covers the Giants, mentioned that literally everybody, it seemed like everybody on the squad just like went at it when everything broke out.
1: Yeah, I would love to see the video of it. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I have a
6: problem th- with the way that uh, Judge... Uh, criticized i mean what he punished the players like they were on a high school oh, team. he
1: made them do laps and push-ups like, really dude like oh, well, but what else is he are, gonna do these are grown men what are they gonna do he gonna do?
3: i'm gonna send you an apology um so they were talking about jones being involved he said uh who's clement clement one of the uh the players uh, he used to there?
6: play with the eagles the running cory yeah,
3: yeah yeah Corey clement uh said hey golly i love it Uh, at the same time we don't want our quarterback hurt pretty sure daniel knows that as well i hope he thinks twice before jumping back in there again yeah jumped in asked if he earned some cred in the locker room he said yeah that's what you want to see so i was wrong he was getting in there on his own volition it was a
6: lot of their like starters and their stars uh evan ingram was uh, involved in that uh Logan Ryan, who was just acquired by the Titans, was involved in that. So these are not like guys trying to make the roster. This is guys that pretty much have a spot on the roster. Yeah. going at it.
3: And then Joe Judge uh, went old school weave, and uh, according to the report, an expletive laden tirade followed by push ups and then uh, running hundreds for more than ten minutes.
1: So yeah, what what else are you gonna do if you're a head coach? I mean, in the NFL, you know those guys are making probably twice what you're making. And I know. Oh, what yeah. are you going to do?
3: Yeah, so uh, a brawl there at Giants practice. I forgot about this. I, I know training camp time means injuries, holdouts, arrest. I forgot yeah. about the good old <laughs> yeah. uh, team fight. Right? Oh,
1: there's there's been a lot of those. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, those tra- it My like favorite player, camp. Michael Westbrook, going That's to town right. on Stephen Davis Hell was yeah. an ugly incident. That was an ugly incident. Speaking of ugly incidents, there was an incident at the uh, Carolina Panthers training camp with uh with a guy getting cut after Uh, a waved yeah
3: immediately so who are do you know these players chandler i know
1: keith kirkwood yeah well he played for matt Matt rule at at temple so i'm Uh sure matt had a little bit of there was probably a little bit of yo that's my guy Mm kind of thing and you you almost took him out i want to say
6: i want to say keith kirkwood was trying out for the squad last year uh, well he was hurt last year i think and yeah and was hurt um Let's see, and then the JT—I don't know how to say his last name. It's IBE. IBE. Abe, he, I-B. he he played at South Carolina, um, but took a absolute took a <laughs> shot at his head. Trying and, to beat yeah. DJ Swearinger, and, and, another and, uh, South Carolina game. Clock. And was asked to leave practice, and later on, as soon as he got to the locker room, they said, "Pack your bags, you're done."
1: Yeah. Matt Rule um,
3: said, "Quote, completely unacceptable, unacceptable. not what we will do." Said, "I don't want anybody to get hurt," so. Trying to teach it uh, the right way, especially in a low stakes uh practice. Well, high First stakes day, for these players, right? But right. Uh, you know,
1: no game on the line or anything.
6: First day of uh, pads today for the yep. Panthers, and. It- Ends with. Uh, I think they actually end of practice after that. I'm not sure. Well,
1: you know what the situation is. You got a rookie trying to make a name for himself and and trying to make something happen in practice. I get that, but at some point you got to be smart. You yeah. got to you got to go out there and make clean hits. And especially in this day and age, when everything in the NFL seems especially against defensive players yeah. is a penalty, and not just a penalty, but ejection or, or fine the team worthy. once you get tossed Abs- from the game. Absolutely.
6: I, I saw a video of the hit. It was a further away i believe a fan took a video of it but once the hit was made i don't know if it was the cornerbacks coach or the wide receivers coach it might have been just a random coach but as soon as the hit was made he runs up to jt and is in his face and chewing him out Yeah, yeah i mean just absolutely chewing him out and like i said they they had him leave practice and informed him quickly that he was done so unacceptable
3: Let's get a break in. We'll come back. Uh, Chad Moore says Billy Weaver is the king of making you think he said bad words on live radio. (laughs) But he really didn't. You think he did, but he didn't. (laughs) Oh, We will uh, come back, have more. We'll uh, wrap up the rundown. NBA free agency. Lakers made two big moves in the last 10 minutes, we'll tell you about. And uh, talk some NASCAR, some baseball, everything in between with Billy Weaver when we return after this. (laughs)
0: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful. And that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank & Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank & Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
3: All right, Billy, we were joining us here inside the Pirate Radio studios for one more segment. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, I am Clip Rock. And uh, real quick, I know you don't follow the NBA much, but... This is the best part of the NBA calendar year, the offseason, the draft and free agency. It's better than the games a lot of times. Uh, Apparently, the Hornets thought they won the draft last week and decided to take free agency off. They haven't done anything. Uh, The Lakers have, and the question was after they brought in Russell Westbrook, okay, who's going to shoot? Well, maybe they found some shooters. Uh, The Lakers have signed Carmelo Anthony to a one-year contract. Wow. Yeah. So they, they add him to the mix. I also saw uh, Malik Monk. That, did I see Malik Monk? Malik Monk? Yeah,
6: is on the move
3: now. He's a volume shooter. He can go one for thirteen, or he can go nine for eleven. He's deep. hit or miss. And uh, so they have uh, added some shooters there around LeBron and, and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook too. Uh, they have put together their super team. The Nets keep adding players. Uh, most recently, Patty Mills uh, joining the Nets and it looks like basically the rich uh get richer here in uh, free agency so far
6: yeah and it, all this happens so fast if you blink you're gonna miss a signing i think i saw yesterday i got home and there was already a handful of signings in like 10 minutes uh when the trade deadline started
1: well oh, clip when you said the rich continue to get richer how about steph curry another 200 million dollar extension That'd the great. only player in nba history mm. to sign two 200 million plus dollar contracts there's a stat to consider holy cow wow.
3: not bad uh you if, can imagine. Consider. if you are steph curry yeah you so, could uh, you could open up a lot of beach breakfast locations <laughs> for that kind of money
1: <laughs> trey young no. making money no, I, I, would, I would retire to Weaver Island. <laughs>
3: Weaver Island. Uh, that sounds like a fun place. I saw the Warriors are up there now like top five to seven on championship odds. So once they get Klay Thompson back, they got Curry. Uh, I'm interested to see if they... Are still a player for the NBA Finals. They've been gone for a while with all these injuries. So
6: you have mentioned Malik Monk earlier. He is not the only Hornet that's on the move. We've seen Devontae Graham go to the Pelicans and now Cody Zeller, longtime Hornet slash Bobcat, is going and helping out Damian Lillard. Dame Lillard it, it, wanted some help
3: in Portland. He's got it, baby. <laughs> Cody Zeller. <laughs> Cody Cody Zeller. <laughs> so uh somebody said and and I like Zeller. I mean he played his tail off every game, um that he was healthy enough to play. But he had that that hairline even when he was like at Indiana, right? Where it was, he looked like an old man, and somebody oh, said yeah. after thirty years of service in Charlotte, <laughs> Cody Zeller <laughs> is going to Portland. Uh, poor Cody, he just he needs to shave him. And he also yeah. had
6: some you know bozo moments where he just wasn't thinking. And you know, a pass was given to him inside, and he wasn't paying attention. One
3: of those deals. Well, like, I feel that like that happened he's a lot. he's like Russell Westbrook without the ball handle. He's just a hundred miles an hour like he, i don't know I, I like his oh his work hustle ethic and, his, and hustle yeah, and everything his hustle
6: was uh out of this world
3: always there all right uh let's see we've what else we got going on uh high school football began practice yesterday we had will bland on the show last week we'll have nate connor in here uh coming up tomorrow as uh a new conference for those guys. We've, that's been a lot of the big talk with Havelock and Jacksonville joining.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a big time conference. It really is. When you, when you throw Havelock and Jacksonville into the mix, those are very good football programs, football teams, and, and will continue to be. And then, you know, Rose is always, especially last couple of years, Rose has been really tough to beat. Rose has been outstanding. Obviously what Nate Connor has been able to do over at DH Connolly, that's going to be a very, very fun conference to watch.
3: Bailey was going over yesterday and he said, well, Ava was good and Jacksonville was good and then Conley's house uh, uh Rose I said Bailey somebody's got to lose Right, right. Well, those, well that's, that's the those thing. Those games are going to be amazing week in, week out.
1: Well, that's the thing is you're going to see somebody, especially when you get into playoff uh, picture time, you're going to see somebody out of that conference get left out because they're going to start devouring each other in that conference.
3: Yep, it's going to be a, a brutal conference season for us, guys. We'll talk about that with Nate Conner coming up on Wednesday show. We've uh, NASCAR finally back at it this week. That was a long uh, two weeks off. Apparently... Like I said, something to do with the Olympics, but also yeah. the—I uh, think the drivers. Uh, was it you telling me that the drivers maybe wanted more time off during the season as well? Yeah,
1: that too, and with the, it just felt like a great time with the Olympics, obviously, and and a good time off for the drivers. That's the thing—is these the schedule for NASCAR? And we've talked about this before. The schedule NASCAR is brutal. I mean you're like you're you're the going, whole year, from, you're you going from February to November. You don't get any time off. No, really. no.
3: And then the season starts, you get a week here a week there, but it's it's almost year round Yeah,
1: it used to be Mother's Day weekend, you'd get that weekend off and not even anymore. I mean, you get it's so many races packed into a season that it's just it's brutal on these NASCAR drivers. So them to get a couple and I can't remember the last time nascar had consecutive weeks off
3: i don't either uh first time since i've been kind of following it that that this has happened uh billy how about back-to-back road courses that seems pretty rare as well it is it uh, is you've got Watkins Glen this week and Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course the following week
1: yeah and of course the favorite's going to be Chase Elliott both weekends uh Chase Elliott has won seven career NASCAR races on road courses the guy's only 25 That's years a, old
3: and a very young career yeah
1: he's, he's 25 years old obviously there are more road course races on the schedule this year than sure. ever before so he's got more chances to win but still to be able to win on a road course it's funny because I, I've watched some of the interviews with Chase and and people ask him, well, what makes you so successful at road courses? Guy really just, I really just—I don't know. I just—you know—you just—I I guess you just develop a knack for something. He obviously has had very good cars. Hendrick Motorsports has got great cars and setups uh, for every every course, not just road courses. But he's he's credited his team for getting him in great race cars. But you got to have a knack for it. Um, uh, Jeff Gordon had a knack for it. He's got the all-time wins in NASCAR uh, nine, which Chase Elliott's gonna—he's gonna shatter that record, no doubt. Tony Stewart had eight wins, so. T- Tony and Jeff Jeff Gordon, they figured out road course races as well, um, and do now they, the new guy is Chase Elliott.
3: Do they still bring in because those guys win road courses and regular? Ringers. Do they still bring in the specialists like B- Boris said? Boris. I don't know why I know, I know. his name. Well, because of the hair.
1: Because he was Boris, a unique looking guy. Boris said was it, well. It typically and I don't I don't mean to generalize but for the most part if you look at race car drivers typically they're smaller guys. Jeff Gordon's a small guy. Chase Elliott's a small guy. They're they're compact. They're in those those race cars. For the most part there's not a whole lot of drivers that are big tall guys. Boris Said I think was like 6'2" had the big um kind of uh, curly really like hair, a, a mini fro, mini fro, big going teeth. On. Yeah, everything's yeah. big. He about was just, this fellow. He looked like a character. He does, he, yeah. he was a character, like
3: in uh, Talladega Nights or something.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I, he should have been in Talladega Nights. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's got a Will Ferrell look to him. <laughs> remember remember, Will, Will Ferrell had the kind of yeah, fro yeah, going yeah. on. So in uh, old school, he looks like he looks like Will Ferrell in old school.
3: Is it made, is like AJ Allmendinger? Does he come up and run those? To, like do they have any they, guys like that anymore?
1: Not so much yeah. because some of the, because what has happened is the NASCAR regulars, the guys that are really good on the circuit year round have become very good road course racers right. as well. So you don't have those ringers and specialists that come in as much anymore. There are a few of those guys that are still around but not as much.
3: So what did like uh like Dale and like the the legends how did they do at road courses? Did they even, did they like them, dislike talking them? you about Dale Earnhardt, yeah. like senior? No, nah, they hated them. Yeah. It was like a gimmick <laughs> was, or something, like yeah, well, this ain't they, racing. And that's whatever.
1: the thing is, you know, and I had never been that much of a road course fan because of the fact that I like to see passing. I like to see, I don't like to see, all right, and I kind of equate this to, I don't like fishing at all. I like catching. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Sure. I like racing. I don't like blocking. Does that, does that make sense I to you? you? Because when you're racing, there's passing, there's strategy and all this. When you're on a road course, if you qualify first and you're out front, you're basically blocking the guy behind you the entire time. You're keeping him from going around you. There's so many so many road, road course races that have one or two turns where you have an opportunity to pass in those turns, and that's basically it. So you can have a better car than the guy in front of you, but you can't get around him. To me, that's not racing. So I, I like I like racing. I don't like blocking.
3: Uh, C Brooks on Twitter says you see more road course ringers in the Xfinity series on those weekends. Yeah. So yeah. I'll uh okay, I'll be tuned into that as well. All right, uh Billy Weaver joining us. Weave uh Kenny said he, was, uh, he enjoyed some Billy's Beach breakfast. Yeah, over the Kenny weekend. Curling's came down and said, Hey. Said he had a great breakfast on Sunday morning
1: at the beach. He got Good rained on, too.
3: He, and he <laughs> said, Thank you for letting him ride out the rain. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there you go.
1: Uh, so Invited him into the uh, friendly, tight confines of the food <laughs> truck. It's uh, not a whole lot of space in there. What's so the
3: capacity in there? A three. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's it. And the fire marshal has to come in after that that's, <laughs> that's it, that's hey, it. Is there are
1: four people there's, in here? if there's four people in there, you gotta shut it down, so that's
3: going well for you, it you is. it's good? going it's going really well, and uh we'll be uh not troy doesn't like when we uh make announcements without him doing the announcing, but right. uh we'll just say. We'll be seeing some of Weaver, more of Weaver, this uh, football season that, at Pirate gonna, Radio. Uh, yes,
1: yes, that's going to be fun. Official announcement coming later. I, I can't stay away from Pirate Football. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it's no way. Just when I you can't. think
3: you get out, they, <laughs> they
1: what's oh the, yeah, what's it was the phrase. Just just when that just when uh, you thought you could get out, they they reel you back in. Is that Godfather? It's something. It's something close like to that. that we're it's not one of those. Uh, it's, it's one of the Godfather movies, right? Uh it's a mafia movie. I think it's. I think it it's could
3: Godfather. be a Godfather. Uh, chad lovebore said race for monster energy his tagline was case for a race sell a case of monster and he got to race oh does that mean like if you keep buying monster energy drink drinks they'll have enough money so boris said can get in a race i don't know <laughs> anyway boris said our uh our athlete of the day here on uh prl we've uh we will talk to you next
1: week man all right man i'm now i'm gonna watch uh sports center here and see dak prescott has taken a step back and returned from shoulder strain ah, what a shame as a washington fan i hate to hear that you hate to see it <laughs> Uh, We will return and wrap
3: up our number one. Ariel Epstein going to join us at 4 o'clock. The prop queen. Hey, tell her I said hey. I will. She is made. I tell you, Billy, it's probably not great advice uh, to give. Zach Maskevich did the same thing to kind of just get out of the business with no plan. And they both did that and kind of both got lucky, Zach and Orlando. But Ariel... Has carved out quite a niche uh, with what she's doing gam- in the gambling world. Yeah. And is a rising star. so
1: Maybe defer. I can follow suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I can get some tips from
3: Ariel and Zach. Ariel and Zach, and Zach. Yeah. yeah. Two of your mentors, <laughs> i I'll, sure. I'll be calling you later. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Ariel. We've got Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. Coming up later on, and Stephen Igo, the new dad, uh, will join us as well. Yeah. Take a time out. Come back. More to go after this.
0: Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years. It continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit CopyPro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock.
3: All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, one more second to go here in hour number one, and I don't like talking about covid but it's still a factor as far as uh when the world of sports uh, comes and i am a sports fan i want to watch games i want to see fans in the stands at those games and uh just saw an article today uh that washington is <laughs> so mike houston is a cowboys fan during the break yesterday he said uh is, is your team going to be able to uh to play games this year or are y'all just uh, not going to get any of the uh, vaccines uh... Washington was like 31st in the league um over the weekend amongst teams uh, amongst uh, vaccination percentage rate i guess is the way to put it about 70 percent now uh they are at 84 percent as far as players vaccinated on their team so
6: did you see where the panthers were because i know we had some players uh that were not uh, exactly had made up their mind whether they were going to get it or not Sam Darnold was one of those people and now he is fully vaccinated as of last Friday yeah. still not sure what uh Christian McCaffrey if he's gotten the vaccine or not
3: And the NFL has made it so if you are not vaccinated you got to jump through a lot of hoops you got to go do a basic, lot of different things can't go in the team hot tub and you know all that you stuff You basically
6: have to go through what you went went through last year yeah. everybody had to go through last year so. all the
3: testing all that crap so Yeah uh, I bring that up because, you know, college football this year. Uh, we are going to see uh, COVID issues pop up here and there. And last year we saw it with a false positive test from Holt Nailers. Was unable to play in the Navy game. ECU lost that game, a game they likely would have won if Holt Nailers was able to play. And then remember the trip to Philly. ECU's on the field ready to go. Temple had a pop-up. And that game was almost not played. It was played, and Temple had, like, their fifth-string quarterback in, and ECU was able to dominate and win that game. Wasn't
6: half of their team, like, quarantined (coughs) after that that positive test? Yeah,
3: it was a really weird deal. So, Mike Houston uh, was here yesterday, was asked about that, the situation with East Carolina's football team right now when it comes to COVID, when it comes to vaccinations, and here's what he had to say.
7: Well, I mean, I I think in order to have a successful season, you're going to have to successfully navigate the COVID issue. And uh, it's going to be an issue. It's it's going to be here all fall. It's it's something we're going to continue to have to deal with. Uh, But, you know, I always say control what you can control. And that's uh, been a big factor with, uh, you know, the players all spring and summer. Um, And and they've done a great job. And we, we, you know, say here today, I've got 121 of them vaccinated. Uh, out of 125 total, wow. So you know we've only got we got one scholarship player that's not vaccinated right now, and um, you yeah, know I'm still talking to him. It's just I've told him I said if 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 you choose to not take the vaccine, then you are going to have to be prepared to adhere to you know very strict COVID protocols yeah. throughout the fall because. You know, you're going to have 29,000, 30,000, whatever it is, you know, college students coming back to our campus in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they've been sitting quarantined for a year. I mean, you can imagine what that's going to be like. I mean, yeah. it's going to run through our campus like wildfire.
8: Yeah, it, it definitely could. And it, it you saw what happened to NC State baseball
7: yeah. at the College World right. Series. when If it affects your team, uh, you're going to be out of luck. Well, and if, and if you test positive, you're going to miss at minimum two games, maybe three. And, uh, you know, that's devastating for, you know, someone you, you start back. I mean, you're starting starting over again. Players is one thing. What about the coaches? What about the staff? You know, the people that are
8: around them all the time. Co- coaching
7: staff is all fully vaccinated. So, um, you know, hopefully you don't have any issues there. I mean, you, you hope that, you know, the vaccine prevents any of us from, you know, Contracting the the virus, right? Um, you know, even if we do, then you know it's going to be a lesser, uh, you know, reaction to it. But you, you hope you're able to avoid it with that. So, but uh, yeah, everybody's staff-wise, we're all vaccinated. All right,
3: Mike Houston there on Monday's Pirate Radio Live, talking about uh, the uncomfortable yet prevalent topic of uh, of COVID nineteen and how that affects just being able to get your guys at practice and getting on the field. We know about the dreaded pauses that ECU had last year throughout what fall camp. uh fall camp that's right or yeah yeah before the it season last camp. year leading up to uh the first game we didn't so. have
6: our first game until the uh late september yeah uh, september 26 i believe that game
3: was you played uh you had all of those uh non-conference games not played and then uh you opened up with ucf rather than marshall and uh, maybe some other opponents who would have been a much easier opening game yeah. than uh, Norfolk State, yeah, than Central Florida. So uh, look, it's it's right now. It's kind of part of it's part of football because you know you you hope that if everyone's vaccinated, you won't have to have a problem. You won't have to have, get tested, right? Now, if an NC State situation pops up where you know you you have unvaccinated players test positive then you start to text the vaccinated players i don't know it's all freaking madness and i'm already let's not even think about that i try try not to i I try not to talk about it as well but it's just like something that is staring you right in the freaking face how are
6: they going to know i guess until they have actual symptoms how would they know a vaccinated player has covid yeah until he shows symptoms yeah um you know and I guess the only way they'll find out if someone is, you know, that's positive. We just look is the other way with the players that haven't been vaccinated that have to get <laughs> tested. So, I guess if I'm a coach, I guess I'm trying to you know su- suggest to my players hey look let's get this vaccination and let's not have just to worry about just so we can
3: it. practice and play football and yeah. and go on about our and not
6: have to worry about what happened last year to start our our season.
3: normal lives, yeah so anyway that's uh there's that and there's a lot more that goes into that conversation for uh for some people uh on either side all right um Shirley, let's hit one more cut let's uh Troy D ask coach Houston about the NIL, uh, which is now makes it available for college athletes to receive payments for their name, image, likeness, and uh, Mike Houston gave his thoughts on it.
7: Well, I mean, I, I think as long as as long as it does not um, you know does not you know jeopardize their eligibility, as long as it does not interfere with their academics or with football, and as long as they can manage it, you know, keeping the focus on the things that are important, uh, I'm all for it. You know, it's it's going to be a deal. that can only it can only benefit them and help them. And you know, I've I've told the players anything I can do to help them, be glad to do so. Now, you know, you're pretty restricted NCAA compliance wise, but uh, uh, I think that uh, I think you'll see some guys take advantage of it. And I think it it's probably going to be a pretty good thing here locally in the in the local community to you know further connect our players with. Uh, the surrounding community. Yeah, I think it could end up being a, uh,
8: a positive right. thing uh, yeah. if done the right way. And, uh, be you know, well, it's so new,
7: too. So yeah. A lot of it's, uh, it's, it's uncharted. Of it's still going to take a year or so to kind of figure out exactly, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. With.
3: Just like anything people are going to bend the rules on it and new rules are going to be created because like you said it's Wild Wild West right now and I think it's going to be like like NASCAR Troy they change the rules every week yeah. we'll see kind of them update what you can and can't do
7: right. as we go along I th- my only reservation is just you know how the world is you know it's people trying to take advantage of kids you know just because they don't know something or whatever so if we can as long as we can protect the athletes uh, I think it'll be a good thing.
3: All right, there is uh, Mike Houston, and again, this could be a very a great thing for for players, but it's going to get taken advantage of. It's going to the rules are going to be skirted around. It's going to they're going to have it's going to have negative impacts, uh, obviously. But for people doing it the right way, I mean, it's 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 okay for a player to get a few bucks for an autograph. I think in in college. The problem is like mike houston said you've got people who take advantage of this situation like they do every situation and uh it's going to happen and i think rules are going to be created on the fly uh throughout the year and maybe even the coming years when it comes to what is and isn't uh, uh, eligible to do when it comes to nil
6: it still just hits me that the quarterback at alabama who hasn't even took a snap yet is already making you know what a million dollars
3: how about the dude yeah getting paid more more than mike houston
6: and think about how this is going to do for recruiting the places like oregon where uh, you know alumni of the university is the founder of nike i mean think about the deals that are going to be sent out there
3: yeah the good teams are still going to get players but uh, good players like it's always been maybe even more so so basically nothing's changed well uh, yeah i mean (laughs) The, the good is still going to be good the bad is still going to claw their way up to try to be decent i mean it, it's the way i look at it um but and how about the story we had yesterday of the texas high school quarterback who is skipping his senior year of high school man had a lot of fun my senior year of high school all the parties and hanging out with buddies yeah uh, then again if i could make like a million dollars i probably I was about to say said, did
6: you have a chance to make a million dollars
3: hey uh friends i'm out of here i'm gonna go make new friends i'm gonna go buy some new friends and with my newfound monies they
6: would probably be like okay they would understand but he's going <laughs> where uh he's going to be a buckeye
3: he's going to be an ohio state buckeye and he's enrolling uh as a what would have been a high school senior and to go ahead and start his uh, college career. So, uh, it's, you know, it's a whole new world. All right, uh, let's take a time out when we return. We'll talk some gambling and some uh, baseball, some football with Ariel Epstein, formerly of WCTI 12, now with Sports Grid, FanDuel. She does it all. Uh, we will talk to her when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday after these words.
0: Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at university sportswear, ENC.com. University Sportswear, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back into the show. Here is Clip Brock.
3: Back with you on a Pirate Radio Live Hour 2 on today's program. We've got O's baseball coming your way tonight on Pirate Radio. Orioles beat the Yankees last night. They'll try to do it again. We'll talk to Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com coming up uh, later on this hour we'll talk some baseball right now with ariel epstein who joins us on the fixed nc live line you remember ariel from her days at wcti 12 and now she is doing it all up in new york uh sports grid fanduel sportsbook SiriusXM. xm ariel uh your resume is too lengthy i don't even know how to promote you anymore so what do we need to know about what you do
9: First off, thanks for having me on. I have a feeling because Brian North is on vacation that you guys decided to have me on in his place. But it makes sense. I mean, everyone always thought that if we're going to talk betting, that I would be the favorite to replace him. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense. I did
3: not even know he was on vacation. Thank you for that tidbit, Ariel.
9: I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's actually going to see his parents. Okay. And I'm trying to convince him to come stop by and see me. So. We'll see if when he's driving through New York, if I'm important enough for my former boss.
3: <laughs> we should. I would not bet on it. Uh, to, no, me either.
9: To steal a he phrase. Two kids with him, and he's had enough <laughs> girls between the wife and two daughters. True. True. He wants to deal with me, but you guys can catch me at SiriusXM channel two hundred four on the morning after nine a.m. to noon Eastern time, all over the Sports Grid Network and Sports Grid uh, on social media as well.
3: Yeah, best thing to do uh, certainly is follow Ariel on Twitter, at Ariel Epstein. Uh, She puts out picks, (laughs) props every day. And, Ariel, you are your money. I want to say the last time you were blanked probably is when you came on with me and gave me two losers. And that is my fault because I just jinx like, everything I touch. Because every other night, you're absolutely killing it.
9: Great. That really makes me feel good about coming on here and giving out some major league baseball picks today, Club. I'm gonna hang up now. No,
3: here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give it one more shot. If you go over this time, I'll know it's me and I'll never have you on the show again to jinx it. We're trying to we're gonna break the streak this time though. You're gonna give us some winners. All it's gonna be all good.
9: I hope so. I mean I hit both my bets yesterday, which scares me a little bit for today. <laughs> Usually if I get too hot, yeah. it has to cool off at some point. I am looking towards a few bets that feel like the last time that I went cold in baseball was a few days ago. I had a bad day, which happens. It's baseball. It's very tough to predict. Then I decided instead of continuing to go cold on my own picks, I decided to tell a friend of mine who was on a hot streak. So I figured one way or another, either he was going to go cold or I was going to heat up again. And I took his pick. And I ended up heating up again, so that's huh. going to be my new
3: tactic if I go cold. All right, there you go, a little advice uh, from Ariel Epstein. Uh, Ariel, let's. Uh, I wanted to talk some football with you, but uh, while baseball is happening at the moment, we can dive into that. And I, I think I've asked you this in the past. How do you separate your Yankees uh, fandom from gambling? They lose to the Orioles last night. Uh, odds are they're going to bounce back tonight, although with that you know giant price you got to pay. I don't know how uh, comfortable you'd be taking the Yankees, but how do, how do you kind of balance that, Ariel, with your, your favorite team in gambling?
9: Well, what's crazy, too, with the Yankees is Garrett Cole, their ace was supposed to start yesterday, and it was minus 350. Then Nestor Cortez ends up taking over because Cole, got, Cole was positive for COVID, and the line dropped to minus 290. Now it's Gil, who is coming, getting brought up from the minor leagues, and now the line's minus 225. So a massive price on the Yankees against the Orioles. The Orioles haven't been that bad. They just won last night. Yeah, the preconceived notion is that the Orioles would lose today. They're not great off a win. However, the Orioles were a team that yesterday I decided to bet on for a team total over because the Yankees have really been struggling. They struggle within the division. And also, the Orioles, um, I'm trying to remember the stats, but pretty much against the pitcher yesterday for the Yankees, oh Andrew Heaney, who came over from the Angels, He's making his debut. He already gave up seven runs at Yankee Stadium earlier this year with the Angels. He hasn't been good in games where uh, he's pitched at Yankee Stadium in the past, and the Orioles had just figured could take advantage. So the Yankees have been so bad all year, clip, that it's not so hard for me to go against them <laughs> because, like, what's the worst that could happen? They continue to lose. It's fine. I, I always I say hedge your happiness. So yeah. I just end up hedging my happiness because whether it's the Yankees or the Ravens, because I'm a Ravens fan too from my dad that. If I bet against my team, either my team wins and I'm happy or my team loses and I'm happy. That's the way that I would approach it.
3: I do that with uh, my Washington football team all the time over the years, and I've ended up winning more money and losing more games uh, because of that. But, uh, no, I I, I totally agree. I totally get that. Uh, How about tonight, Ariel? Uh, We got a full slate of games in Major League Baseball. One more thing for you. How about my Braves, Ariel? And I know you folks (laughs) look at trends and everything. They have gone loss-win, loss-win, loss-win since last month. Uh, I believe they set a major league record for alternating wins and losses. So tonight, they got a win, right? I mean, this is science at this point. They're going to keep the streak going. They're going to win since they lost their last game.
9: It's funny because that's one of the trends that I like to look at is how does a team bounce back after a loss. (laughs) And the Atlanta Braves are tied for the most wins after a loss in baseball. Uh, They're 29 and 21, which is hitting at about a 58% win rate when they lose. Like, the next day after a loss, they end up winning about 58% of the time. The San Francisco Giants actually have the best rate. They're hitting at just over 69%, the Giants, after a loss. They Mm. always seem to bounce back. 27 and 12 overall this year for the San Francisco Giants to bounce back off of a loss this year. But you're right. The Atlanta Braves doing similar, unfortunately. Actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you something that I think will make you happy, Clip, because the Atlanta Braves, even though they're three-and-a-half teams back of the Mets for the National League East, the Phillies have the second best – are in the second spot. They're two-and-a-half. And then the Mets are the front runners. They're two ten the Mets, to win the National League East. Yet, even though the Braves are in third place of division currently – they have the second best odds to win the National League,
3: especially if hmm. you'd like that. I still, and I'm basing this off nothing, but I still feel like a Mets collapse is coming. In fact, I mean, they haven't been setting the world on fire. It's just none of the other teams in the division, <laughs> especially. The yeah, nobody can yeah, catch
9: you're, them. You are going to laugh because in New York here, we are all about, you know, Yankees versus Mets and Mets fans hate Yankees fans, et cetera. Everyone thinks the Yankees are having this atrocious season this year because they're in third place of the American League East. The Yankees have a better record than the Mets.
3: (laughs) It's all about expectations and what, you know, and you just expect the Yankees to be better. And yeah. Ariel Epstein joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. So, what about tonight, Ariel? Uh, Let's go game wise first. Uh, Do you have any games you're looking at? And then we'll get into uh, the player props.
9: So tonight, the game that I'm looking at is the Detroit Tigers and the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are pretty heavy favorites on the road. They were around minus 140 range. The Tigers as the home dog. Detroit actually has the, uh, let me see, Detroit on the run line, they're just hitting at 64% as home underdogs. The Tigers have won nine of their last 11 home games since the all-star break. When it comes to the Red Sox as away favorites on the run line, they're 7-14, which they're hitting at just over 33%. Boston also 3-5 and five straight up on the road since the All-Star break. The Tigers are a good run-line bet. It's only minus 120 to take the plus 1.5. This series, although the Red Sox did win it in Fenway, two out of the three games, the Tigers did prove that they can keep games close. They can also score on the Red Sox. I would say to look at the Tigers tonight, whether it's a team total over of four and a 4.5 against Garrett Richards, or you could just go for Detroit at plus 1.5 on the run-line.
3: It is shocking to me to look at the Tigers and see they're only six games under 500, Ariel. I mean, they were coming out of the gate, you know, looked at one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, and they put together, and again, they're kind of in their rebuild mode right now and restocking the minors and got some guys coming up, including our own Brian Packard. But uh, they are putting together a decent season this year, and as you've said, they've been good of late.
9: Yeah, I mean, you look at them after the All-Star break, now granted, the Tigers haven't faced much of a competition. I'm pretty sure it was the Twins, and I'm trying to remember who else it was that was in their schedule since the All-Star break. Not the most challenging. Still, the Tigers were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league, yet after the All-Star break, they've been heating up. The Red Sox on the road, heavy favorites, Garrett Richards. The problem with the Red Sox, no one thought that this Red Sox rotation would be able to keep them in first place of the American League East. You were talking before about some kind of regression. I think the Red Sox are a team that you could look to for some regression later on in the season.
3: Ariel Epstein joining us, the prop queen. All right, Ariel, give me that uh, that strikeout winner tonight. I know you got one.
9: Yeah, I, you have to lay some juice for it. I'm ready to do it. it I'm, I'm taking the under for Zach Davies, the Chicago Cubs right-hander. 44 of 53 opposing starters have had five strikeouts or less when playing in Coors Field in Colorado. Colorado ranks 23rd in, uh, or sorry, uh, Colorado's the fourth highest rate at home this year. And with all those strikeouts not happening at Coors Field, I'd be willing to take Zach Davies, the right handed pitcher uh, for the Chicago Cubs, under four and a half strikeouts.
3: Ariel Epstein joining us with a, a couple of picks there under on the uh, the Ks there um, for the Cubby starter and the Detroit Tigers against the Boston Red Sox. Ariel, before we let you go, I want to talk uh, some NFL with you. And uh, let's start with your Ravens. That has turned into – one of if not the toughest division i guess you could put it up there with the nfc west with all those potential playoff teams there but ravens uh the browns are a factor uh they, they proved it last year steelers with big ben have a shot to to have another winning record and maybe sneak into the playoffs and then look the bingles with burrow are feisty so uh let's talk let's talk north first how do you like your chances uh there for the ravens to win their own division
9: I do like the chances for the Ravens. They added a wide receiver out of Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, from the NFL draft this year. If Bateman continues to make plays the way it looks like he could during these last few training camp days, then Bateman could be a really big threat. It also makes Hollywood Brown, their other number one wide receiver, have to play up because you don't want some rookie replacing you in your four of your regular or your three or four of your NFL career. Then you have Sammy Watkins, a veteran presence. As long as he can stay healthy, he's another player that at least someone like Hollywood Brown can learn from. The Ravens' run game—you don't have to get any. I mean, the, you can't get you can't get worse than where the Ravens' pass game was, and you can't get better than where their run game was. That's pretty much what I'm getting at. So there's only room for improvement when it comes to the passing game. I'm not concerned about the run game, but this passing game was the worst in the NFL last year. The Ravens' defense is always scary in special teams with John Harbaugh as a former special teams coordinator. It's always spot on. You've got Justin Tucker as your kicker. You've got Sam Cook as your punter. They're the most dynamic you get as duos for special teams. It's really just the passing game that has to improve for the Ravens. We haven't seen Lamar Jackson at training camp yet because he has COVID, yet I still do believe that this division is running through the Baltimore Ravens for the AFC North. The Browns are a team I just love to fade because it's the Browns they are going to do something, and the public's going to be on them because on paper this team should be good. For whatever reason, they're not going to live up to expectations. As for the Steelers, I could see the Steelers going over their win total of eight and a half. I still think it's too low. Ben Roethlisberger is going to try to make a final push here. They got a running back in Najee Harris, who's one of the best out of college this year out of Alabama. I also think that Harris could be a uh, offensive rookie of the year candidate. But then you look at the wide receivers; they all stayed. Juju Smith-Schuster could have left. He signed a one-year deal because he wants to be there for Big Ben's final push. I think the under eight and a half or the uh, total of eight and a half is just too low for the Steelers team. Where Big Ben has always been a winner.
3: Yeah, Mike Tomlin never had a uh, has never had a losing record there. And now that the schedule has gone to seventeen games, which I absolutely hate, uh, you can't go eight and eight anymore. You can go nine and eight or eight and nine, I guess. So uh, nine wins seems uh, certainly doable for that group. Uh, looking at the AFC as a whole, obviously the Chiefs are a favorite to win uh, the AFC, followed by the Bills and the Ravens, um, and the Browns are even up there. Ariel, I, I like. Uh, the Titans are interesting just because their path to a home playoff game or two got a little easier with what's going on with the Colts right now with their injury not only to Carson Wentz but with Quentin Nelson. How about uh, if you go beyond the Chiefs there, Ariel, and man, maybe you like the Chiefs the most, but if you go beyond that, who do you like representing the AFC in the Super Bowl?
9: I like the Buffalo Bills representing the AFC in the Super uh-huh. Bowl. Listen, Clip, we have gone through so many different curses that have been broken in the last five years the Washington Capitals, the uh, Chicago Cubs, even in the last 20 years, the Boston Red Sox. There's been so many curses broken in sports. I want to see the Buffalo Bills curse broken. I want to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. It shouldn't be too challenging if you just get better at defense. Everyone who is in Carolina knows that Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded coach. He's now the head coach of the Bills. How is it that the worst unit on the team last year was the defense? The offense looks great. I mean, all they had to do was get some a little bit more help at the running back position. Otherwise, the passing game was completely improved. They got a number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen looked great. The defense was the only thing. If the Bills' defense from two years ago was the Bills' defense of last year, that Bills team should have won a Super Bowl last mm. year. If the Bills just continue to improve on defense, which shouldn't be too difficult with a defensive-minded head coach, the Buffalo Bills at ten to one is a good bet to win the Super Bowl.
3: Ariel Epstein joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line talking football. Ariel, any other uh, props you have in mind for the NFL? As uh, we are just a couple days away from the first preseason game, so uh, time to start getting ready for fantasy. Time to start getting ready for the season. How about some uh, some props we could take advantage of here early on?
9: On my show on the morning after on Sports Grid, we've been going through all these different props, finding different edges. We take one over, one under for the passing props, receiving props, rushing props, for the season-long numbers. For passing props, Matt Stafford to go over 4,550 and a half passing yards intrigues me. Mm-hmm. God, Goff went over this number in L.A. for two different years, 2018 and 2019. Stafford has always been a top-notch fantasy quarterback. He's been able to throw the ball a million yards to his receivers. He had two great receivers in Detroit, Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones. Now he's going to have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. He's got the weapons he needs in the passing game, and he has a better run game in L.A. than he did in Detroit. I could see Stafford going over that number. The under I took in passing yards was to the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, under 3,850 and a half yards. Sam Darnold never went over this number in the three years he was with the Jets. Wilson never went over this number when he was in college, and none of the Jets' receivers had over 700 receiving yards last year. I'm going to say under for Wilson passing yards. I've got some rushing props, too. I don't know how much time we have, but I've got to fill three hours for my show. <laughs> so I always have stuff.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, give me one of those rushing props. Let's, let's hear one.
9: All right, we're going to go with Ezekiel Elliott over 1, and a half rushing yards for the Cowboys. Zeke went over this number in three out of the five years with Dallas and Warren Sharp, who's great at all of these different projections, he actually projects the Cowboys to have the third-best offensive line and the ninth-best running back, uh, running game. So when you look to the games where he had Zach Prescott, Zeke Elliott with Prescott is averaging just over four yards per carry with a 56% success rate. Without Dak, he's averaging under four yards per carry with a 48% success rate. He does better with Zach on the field hopefully Dak stays
3: healthy. Yeah, I don't know if this is good for me or bad for you, Ariel, but I am super high on Stafford this year and I like a big season from Elliott with uh, Dak coming back. So, uh, hopefully this is a good thing that we we both agree on that. Uh (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Ariel Epstein joining us. Tigers plus one and a half uh and zach davies under the strikeout total there tonight when they take on the rockies ariel always fun to talk with you we will uh let's get some winners tonight and then we'll do this again uh, down the road with you
9: only if we have winners tonight if they both lose your out
3: clip yep this is it folks it's uh put up or shut up time <laughs> ariel enjoyed it as always keep up the great work
9: thanks
3: Cliff. all right there is ariel epstein joining us on the fixed nc live line uh, a lot of fun to follow because she's making picks and Look, I, I I don't know who's on her research staff, but uh, if you watch her videos on tw- on Twitter, just incredible amounts of knowledge, stats, insight. Not just making a pick, but the reason behind making uh, the selection she has every night. So it's a, a fun follow on Twitter, especially for someone who li- like me who enjoys sports, but also the uh, the gambling side of sports all right we'll take a time out come back we will talk baseball without the gambling we'll go no pete rose on our next segment and hear from mark brown camdenchat.com the o's beat the yankees last night can they do it again tonight we'll talk about the trade deadline the winners from that look around major league baseball and more with mark brown talk a little connor norby too when we return on pirate radio live on a tuesday back with you after this
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. You're also looking for someone to service your vehicle. Well, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility, brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock.
3: Coming up later this week, we will continue our ECU football opponent previews. We will talk some Navy football. With the Director of Football Operations for the Naval Academy, Brian Blick. You may remember that name, former quarterback at J.H. Rose High School. Brian um, was a, how about this, Um, battery fire direction officer, platoon commander, battery executive officer, battalion assistant logistics officer, and battalion supply officer in charge during his time uh, stationed at camp lejeune he was a platoon commander um with battery e 2nd battalion 10th marines Uh, so he He is
4: really good (laughs) at giving orders that's what that is (laughs) that
3: and that uh that's good for his job with football operations he keeps everything in order uh but he was a really good football player uh here with jh rose in greenville now the director of football operations we talked to him last year and looking forward to catching up with him again and talking some Navy football later this week, so that'll be fun. All right, um, right now, we'll talk some baseball. Mark Brown came to chat.com. Hey, the O's won last night, so Mark's in a good mood. Uh, We got O's baseball for you tonight as they take on the Yankees, and uh, we'll talk about it all right now. Mark, welcome back to the show. How you doing?
2: Cliff, I'm doing pretty good. You know, any day that's the next day after the Orioles made the Yankees fans boo their own players, uh, that was a good day. So uh, last night, the most cheers there were in Yankee Stadium was for a cat that got on the field. Uh, The Yankees got three hits in the game, and the Orioles hit four home runs. And I believe I saw a uh, Stats, Inc. tweet that said that was the first time that had ever happened in the history of either Yankee Stadium, that the opposing team hit more home runs than the Yankees had hits. So wow. pretty cool when the Orioles can help the Yankees set a bad kind of history.
3: A stat to consider there. Yeah, I saw the uh, the cat highlight, uh, and that was the highlight for Yankees fans. And I tell you, Mark, you probably saw this too, but social media, Yankees fans I know kind of puffing their chest out after they get Anthony Rizzo and he's hitting home runs and uh, O's coming to town. We're going to extend this winning streak and go on a run. And uh, that all went to poof, at least for one night last night anyway.
2: Well, yes, like you said, at least for one night, and uh, you know, as an Orioles fan in 2021, I enjoy those good one nights uh, as much as I can because they could easily get Slack 12 to nothing tonight. But uh, that won't take last night away from me.
3: Uh, Mark, I want to recap the the trade deadline with you. Let's uh, let's talk O's. I believe they gave away what one player. What was the O's activity during the uh, trade deadline?
2: Yeah, as far as the Orioles go, that's a pretty short recap. Uh, They only traded one player from the Major League team. That was uh, shortstop Freddie Galvis traded to the Phillies for a minor league reliever named Tyler Birch. Uh, They also traded one minor league player who was uh, your former ECU guy, Sean Armstrong. Oh, yeah,
5: that's right.
2: uh, With the Norfolk Tides, they traded him to the Rays. That was just a minor trade for what they call cash considerations in Major League Baseball, which probably means like, $25,000, $50,000, Twenty-five, fifty thousand dollars, something like that. Um, a lot of money for you and I. Not a lot of money <laughs> for major league baseball teams.
3: Mark Brown joining us. Mark, uh, the the most activity, I guess, was in the NL West with the Dodgers landing uh, some big chips to a, a championship prize, perhaps with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. The Giants get Chris Bryant. Padres uh, were very active on the American League side. You know, the Yankees made an addition, uh, some additions. The Red Sox, but uh, the Chicago White Sox very active with their sixty-two and forty-four record, and uh, they are steamrolling the AL Central. They're going to, you know, be at home for the playoffs, uh, Mark. And they uh, were they the most ag- aggressive team in the AL, or am I missing somebody?
2: Well, you know, the the White Sox, of course, really made headlines with the crosstown trade with the Chicago Cubs, getting uh, the closer yeah. Kimberl who has had some great seasons in the past and struggled for a while, but uh, it looks like he's refound his form in uh, the 2021 season, which uh, I'm happy for him now that he's not on the Red Sox and it's not the Red Sox enjoying that uh, success from him. But, um, yeah, I mean, that you know that's the team where maybe, well, real, I mean, you know, if the, the Yankees and the Red Sox always kind of stuck up most of the oxygen as far as he's getting talked about in the American League. So anytime uh, someone else comes along and is doing that, uh, it, it interests me. Uh, so, you know, it's it's good to see the White Sox kind of trying to go for it, even though they're I, like uh, they got 10 wins more than Cleveland right now. Not really a need for that for winning the division. But, you know, you want to get a good guy to help you in the playoffs, and maybe it'll help them.
3: Mark, uh, when you look at the AL East, the Red Sox kind of, Floundering a bit out of the gate after the All-Star break. The Rays have caught them and bypassed them. Um, Rays losing last night. Boston has lost four in a row. So right now Tampa with a one-game lead. Is that a a two-horse race there? Do you give the Yankees any kind of shot of getting back in the AL East race?
2: You know, uh, I I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I can tell you as an Orioles fan in like 2013 and 2015 when you're in third place and you're starting to try and talk yourself into scenarios where you're going to pass a whole bunch of teams uh and take the lead, uh it's it's, you know, it's it's pretty improbable. Um right now the Yankees 56 and 49, you got the first place raised 64 and 43 and the Red Sox at 63 and 44. So yeah. Uh, I feel like, okay, maybe the Yankees would get by one of those teams if they're lucky, but getting by both. And then also you've got the Blue Jays at 54-49 and who could potentially surge up ahead of the Yankees. Uh, I I mean, as far as winning the division, I think that's got to be a tough sell for New York right now.
3: Blue Jays are hot. They're back in Canada as well, Mark, as finally the Florida Buffalo uh, Blue Jays are back home there uh, north of the border.
2: Yes, I mean obviously you can't say okay one player is going to power a team because otherwise you'd have the Angels doing much better <laughs> with Mike Trout now that he's been healthy and Shohei Otani. but the Blue Jays get the guy Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 34 home runs, he's got a six fifty nine slugging percentage, OPS of 1.082 for the 2021 season. It's only his age 2020 uh, his, his age 22 season, really incredible. Uh, they've got George Springer is healthy at last, and he's doing really well. And even below the Vlad Guerrero Jr. level, you've got Marcus Semien, Beau Bichette doing really well. I mean, that's that's a roster that feels like it's underachieving it to be 54 and 49 so far. So, you know, if they can uh, if they can pick it up in you know the last couple months here, I, I wouldn't want to count them out for that either because that, that's a lot of quality guys right there in a lineup every night.
3: Mark, my, uh, my Braves, which, by the way, speaking of stats, I believe the Braves set a Major League Baseball record for alternating wins and losses. Uh, what is it, like 17, something like that in a row now? So, pick the Braves to win tonight against St. Louis uh, if you go by their trend. Uh, but the Braves went through a blow-it-up rebuild a few years ago, and, and it, it's paid off with... Uh, winning the uh, NL East three years in a row. We're, the Orioles are in the midst of a major rebuild right now. What's your advice, Mark, to the, uh, the the Cubs fans and the Nationals fans? Now, they won World Series recently, so they're still feeling pretty good, but it looks like they might be bad for a while. What's uh, what's your advi- advice to those fan bases as somebody going through it?
2: Well, you know, I don't think the Cubs fans need my advice because they went through a pretty brutal <laughs> <laughs> before they ended up winning the World Series there in uh, 2016. True. So- uh, you know, that's kinda going back to familiar territory for them. Uh, you know, Nationals fans, it's like, well, you know, you, you you just gotta take the small victories where you can and uh do a lot of looking at the farm team. I mean they you know, they really tore down pretty close to the studs there and got a lot of uh a lot of interesting prospects. So I mean I i, I wish the Orioles would have been able to have as much that they could tear down in twenty eighteen and get so many high-rated prospects. But, uh, I mean, again, uh, Nationals fans probably don't need me to tell them much to feel better because they won the World Series. Their team won the World Series less than two years ago. Uh, I am still going without an Orioles World Series in my lifetime, uh, and I am uh, 37 years old. So... You know, again, I I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for Nationals fans entering the rebuild. They just they just got to win.
3: Understood. Mark, uh, we've had you on now three years, maybe we've been talking to you for a while. And every year around this time, and I already know the answer this year, but I bring up, you know, for the Orioles Ravens fans crossover, is it uh are they more excited about going to camden yards and watching the o's or paying attention to what's going on at ravens training camp and uh i think i already know the answer to that one this year
2: yeah i mean people certainly are more excited about ravens training camp i mean the ravens have lamar jackson which is just on its own way more interesting than anything that orioles have going on uh you know at camden yards right now um I mean, I, I you know, I, I like football um, as soon as the Ravens came to town, which was only when I was uh, 12 years old. I got into them because they came into town, and, you know, I, I certainly have uh, had some years where I was really into the Ravens. But just football training camp to me is just, like, so dull. And I don't like baseball spring training either. I'm just like, I'm ready for the games to start. Yeah. So, Of course, I'm a bit more biased as a baseball guy, but I'm like, I'd, I'd rather watch, um, you know, the bad Orioles games in August than – worry about, oh, here's the, you know, the seventh wide receiver dropped two passes uh, while the reporters were allowed to watch him in training camp, you know. Um, that kind of stuff just doesn't interest me very much. It's like once they, you know, they get the team and the game start I'll be like, all right, who's on? let's I'm ready to watch, you know, go Ravens. But, uh, just, you know, the, the training camp is just,
3: it's got nothing for me and I'm, a, I'm i'm more i would say of a football fan than a baseball fan mark but it's uh you watch training camp and preseason with like your hands over your eyes because the all the injuries like it seems like no news is good news this time of year you know you, it's just it's uh it's brutal out there with so many stars going down with injuries during this time of year
2: Yeah, and I mean the Ravens. uh, If I remember right, Lamar Jackson actually uh, missed part of started training camp because of COVID protocols. Uh, You know, the Ravens' first round pick a couple years ago was Marquise Hollywood Brown, who I enjoyed as Marquise Brown. Sounds a lot like my own name, Mark Brown. Uh, Does anybody call you Hollywood uh, by chance? uh, No, no one has called me Hollywood (laughs) yet. Uh, I I, I would not dare to claim that nickname from the wide receiver. But uh, you know, the Ravens have this thing; they just. Have never been able to draft a good wide receiver pretty much, and uh Marquise Brown has ended up being hurt a little bit in his tenure. I think at the start of training camp this year he's hobbled with a little hamstring thing that uh, is worse than they originally thought, so again, it's like well, ravens just have bad luck with drafting wide receivers uh, i i I will be hoping for my honorary cousin Hollywood to get <laughs> and uh, be able to uh um, you know, really do some good things for the Ravens. But just, you know, that's one of my learned things as a Ravens fan is just don't get your hopes up for Ravens wide receivers, especially ones from the draft, uh, and you're never going to be disappointed.
3: Mark Brown came to chat.com. Mark, you got a uh, another pirate to follow now, Connor Norby uh who hit over 400 for ecu two seasons in a row uh as a second round draft pick of the orioles was actually in camden yards a couple of fridays ago taking some bp hitting some bombs and uh the orioles went out and swept their opponent that weekend uh for a while the orioles were undefeated after connor Norby graced his presence there in baltimore but uh mark you're really going to enjoy following him he's a uh He's a a nice mix of both gritty and super talented, kind of all rolled into one. You're going to enjoy watching him uh, come up through the minors.
2: Well, Cliff, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's funny trying to follow the baseball draft. I mean, I am, as far as baseball people go, I consider myself reasonably well-informed. I don't want to say I know more than anyone, but just, you know, if you follow baseball all the time, you absorb a lot of information by osmosis. But then when you're looking at the draft, it's like you got hundreds of colleges worth of guys and you know, you, you, you haven't seen them. You're, you're not a team. You're not getting the video. So, you know, I did, I didn't know Connor Norby existed myself before they picked him in the draft. So it's like, well, I looked at some scouting reports. He got a really good report on uh, the baseball website Fangraph. So it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this guy. Uh, they also like the first round pick, Colton Kowser from Sam Houston State, who, again, you know, I, I would have never known him if I passed him on the street, never seen him play baseball. Uh, I can just kind of hope the prospect writers, like, you know, Keith Ball at The Athletic, uh, ESPN's Kylie Daniel. Uh, Fangraphs, Eric, Eric Longenhagen, you know, when they like the picks, I hope that they're right. And uh, <clears throat> Fangraphs in particular really liked Norby, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does uh, in the Orioles' system. Uh, he, he debuted, his pro debut yesterday, I believe he went hitless in his first game there in the Florida Complex League, but many more to come, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does.
3: Oh, wow, okay. Shirley Rhodes, uh, our producer, does a great job of keeping up with the Pirates in the Miners, and... Uh, we'll add uh, uh, Connor Norby there playing. Where where is he playing right now, uh,
2: Mark? He's uh, I believe they have him on the Florida Complex League, which used to okay. be the Gulf Coast League. Uh, and the Orioles have two teams in that league. Um, they kind of are switching the players back and forth between the two. But uh, he started out on Orioles Orange in the Florida Complex League.
3: So okay, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that
2: where he stays. Um, they, their game got rained out today. It's been rainy a lot in Florida since they started that complex league up. But uh, I'll, be, I'll be following him and Colton are down there. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Uh, hopefully they'll be uh, up at the full season affiliate in Delmarva before the end of the minor league season.
3: No uh, no, Garrett Cole tonight for the Bombers. He tested positive for COVID. And it, uh, the pitching matchup now sits at Alexander Wells versus Nestor Cortez. So, Mark, as you said, you know a lot more about baseball than the average guy, including myself. So break down this pitching matchup uh, for us because I, uh, I can't tell you one thing about either one.
2: Well, I'll tell you, the most interesting thing about Alexander Wells is that he's Australian. Okay. It's really cool to have an Australian player on the Orioles. He is also a twin. His twin brother had played in the Twins organization. <laughs> this opportunity to sign both of the baseball-playing twins, I just don't know.
3: That is phenomenal.
2: Yeah, Alexander Wells' brother uh, didn't make it to MLB, though. He's gone back to play in Australia. But uh, Alexander made it to the Orioles. Uh, he's kind of your classic uh, soft-tossing, crafty, lefty archetype guy. Um, in the minors, he had very good command, was not walking very many batters. Through his first four major league games, uh, it's been a bit more of a struggle. It turns out major league hitters are pretty good. They have a better idea of what is and isn't a strike. So I guess you know, the question for him going forward is whether he can make that command adjustment to what big league hitters do and don't swing at. Um, so far, he's had a couple of good games, a couple not so good, uh, 520 ERA through his first four games. Uh, again, I'm really pulling for the Australian Oriole to, to, to make it and do something well. Uh, right. Mr. Cortez Jr. was actually a former Oriole Rules 5 pick. They only had him pitching like two games and sent him back to the Yankees. I think that was like four years ago, something like that. Uh, he kind of wallowed in the Yankees minors for a little while and has done a little bit better and gotten himself uh, to be a major leaguer since then. But um, mostly pitching in relief in 2020, 1.93 ERA, so if I was a Yankees fan, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. Um, we'll see how he does starting against the Orioles lineup tonight. They really took it to uh, Yankees trade deadline acquisition, Andrew Haney, last night. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Cortez will, uh, an, uh, will, uh, will do better. Um, Cortez is also a lefty. The Orioles have hit a lot better against left-handed pitchers than righties so far this year. So there's another one uh, for you. We'll see if that trend continues today. Total
3: uh, is 10, the over-under uh, for folks wondering. Could be some runs tonight uh, in New York. Check the weather, of course. Uh, we will have O's baseball for you tonight right here on Pirate Radio. And uh, for more reading, you can go to CamdenChat.com. Mark, always enjoy the chat. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch with you. We are shifting gears around here to football, but still keeping an eye on baseball, and we'll certainly get you on uh, to talk uh, the road to the postseason and uh, some playoff baseball later with you this, uh, this fall.
2: Cliff, take care. Uh, I will be rooting for your sake that the Braves can finally make it above 500 this year. I Hmm. I saw they've yet to be up and over. Uh, I I did look at that win-loss thing. Since July 16th, they've been alternating wins and losses. Incredible. Impressive streak.
3: Good news is they're going to win
2: tonight, Braves fans, so be happy about that. I mean, that's that's just how science works it's a pattern and uh, nothing could possibly happen to break it right
3: there you go uh, mark thanks man uh, have a great uh, rest of your summer we'll talk to you again soon all right you too see you next time bye mark Brown came to chatcom joining us on a Tuesday edition of pirate radio live we will take a time out come back wrap up our number two we do uh, we do opponent previews um, to like to Get a look at the other teams ECU will face this year. We do position previews with IGO to see how ECU uh, has been doing. I have just realized we failed miserably at getting people excited about football. There's a high school kid that is going to get you fired up for Bishop Lures football. 11 state championships. What state is this in? I'm just going to assume Texas. Uh, but he is, uh, no, Indiana, Indiana high school football. This will be the best promo you've heard today of him hyping up his football team. We'll have that for you when we return on pirate radio live after this.
0: listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make one thousand dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show
4: Welcome back. For the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PR927FM. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at FreePR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today at PR 927 FM. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock.
3: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live, we'll talk to new dad, Stephen Igo. Uh, his wife, Erica, gave birth to their son, Slater Kyle Igo. I like it. Last week, Slater Igo. That's right. Uh, good sports name. So he was thinking ahead with that one. Uh, I like it. Uh,
4: Could he possibly play football?
3: We shall see. I don't know. I we gotta get the size and weight. I go Igo is obsessed with these players' heights and weights. We'll we'll now turn the tables on him and ask what are the kids uh
4: What was that word that he kept using last week when it came to recruits? Oh, what was that word? Oh it's 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 escaping me right now. What were we talking about? You were
6: are ta- you talking about the tight when they, they were talking about tight ends? And it
3: like Aaron Jarwin nah. being a uh you're talking about proven commodity
6: proven commodity
3: is that, that what it is Are is you, he
4: a proven commodity i uh four day old kid yeah is
3: he a proven is whoops. he a solid kid is, <laughs> is he a solid he a kid good kid jeff <laughs> is he <a> solid recruit <laughs> all right i gotta jot all this down we got some like, how many
4: stars does he have yeah. you know um what's his upside
3: that's a great question what you is know, your son's upside at this moment
4: yeah I mean, he's got
3: a I would think a kid, inquiring
4: just, minds want to know.
3: Just born last week has a ton of upside. Very high ceiling, low floor. He needs right
6: to stop posting about having a kid and start writing about football. <laughs>
5: it's football <laughs> season,
3: damn it. We'll talk some football too with Igo. Um, speaking of football, this is uh John Moody. Yep. He just uh said we need to ask about the upside. Um, just saw this on Twitter. This is Nelson how come every time I bring up something to the show, they have the craziest names that I can't pronounce? K-N-A-P-K-E. Napke. The... Napke.
4: Huh. Usually when there's a K N, Usually when there's a K in, the K is silent, like Knoxville.
3: Right. I was thinking there was going to be several silent letters in that name, but we're only going a silent K at the beginning. Napke. I'm going to go with Napke. Daddy needs him a Napke. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Napke. What if it's Kelson Napke? And the N is actually a K sound. <sighs> All right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Nelson Napke, uh, Indiana high school football player, was asked to, to talk about the team and to, to hype people up. Not even hype people up, just, you know, how's the team looking this year? And this is inspiring. Let's uh, hear what Nelson had to say.
8: I'll just talk about the running backs. We got Aiden Dennis, dog. Dodie Devon, dog. Uh, Sir Hale, dog. He scored five touchdowns against Southside. RJ Hoag, dog. Sam Kale, I didn't even know he played running back, but he's a dog. Evan Linker, man. I didn't, he's a linebacker in my eyes, but I guess he can run the ball. Dog. Uh, and then Quentin Roach, he plays baseball, but he gets after it. He, all SAC, first team baseball player right there, and now he's out here playing football. You know, how about that? Uh, He's a dog. Gwen Roach is a dog. Absolutely.
6: We want a bunch of dogs. (laughs) We don't want no cats. We don't
3: want no
5: cats.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Rajay Harris. Dog. Dog. Keaton Mitchell. Dog. Dog. Jamani Wilson. Dog. Dog. Macy O'Donnell. Dog. 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 Pop McKay. Dog. Dog. ECU's got a bunch of dogs. I love that man hit the beginning i just like the dogs at the beginning Shirley, okay hit it one more time nelson napke uh he looks like a what is he a lineman let's
8: talk about the running backs we got aiden dennis dog dog dodie devon dog <laughs> uh dog. sir hale dog
7: he's
3: dog. great stuff there uh colton howard had the video on twitter of nelson napke running over his running back room and he, now, every year we do our position previews for running backs. That's how we're going to do it. Dog. Dog. Shirley Rhodes. Dog. Chandler Honeycutt. Cat. <laughs> 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 uh,
5: love there that. is
3: videos
6: on his Twitter account of him throwing the football. This, I know it doesn't look like he's a quarterback,
3: but. Wait a minute. He wears number seven. Maybe he is a QB. He's a pretty stout QB. Yeah.
5: Hmm
3: he's a dog <laughs> i gotta say nelson Nabke? you're a dog. dog
6: his followers are going to go up i know that yeah. he's only got 52 followers
4: um, oh let's see and who was it you said colton howard retweeted it i thought barstool sports picked it up too
3: well surely that's how barstool sports works they take whatever video and then post it as their own
4: of course i know that yeah. i'm just saying if Barstool Sports picks it up, then to be sure, he's going to pick up some followers.
3: It's uh, it's going to go viral. I like to, in that case, um, tweet the video's originator rather than Barstool Sports to give the originator some pub. You know what I'm saying?
6: Hey, quickly, before we get a break, let's go over the defense. Xavier Smith. Dog. Jaira Wilson. Dog. Dog. Jaquan McMillan. Dog. Dog. Aaron Ramseur. Dog. Dog, Elijah Morris. Dog. Dog.
4: Big dogs. Rick, Dog. Rick DeBru. Dog. Diabreu. Dog. De Dog. Actually, we found out. I know. I heard it. Uh, <laughs> That's I, why I said it. I know. I heard it. Think about <laughs>
6: shutdown. Think about the the list of names that we just ran off there, and hey, I think Stephen Igo, instead of. Saying, is he a
3: solid recruit? Is he a dog? Dog or no dog? Is he a dog? Hey, like Igo, this? your son, is he a dog? <laughs> How about your dogs? Are they, Are they dogs? dogs? We got a ton of questions for Stephen Igo. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We also have a giveaway. We'll open up the Pirate Radio booty bag here on a Tuesday and make you a winner. All right, we will be back with Hour Three of Pirate Radio Live. Igo joins us after this timeout.
0: The you're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Quality equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 20 20- 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or you can visit online at QualityEquip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock.
3: Alright, it is 5.01 Eastern Time if you are listening to our live edition on Tuesday late afternoon. One more hour to go here on Pirate Radio Live and a big hour it shall be. We will make you a winner. Open up the Fixed NC Live line, and have a booty bag giveaway for today. Also, uh, we'll hear some of Mike Houston's comments from yesterday's edition of Pirate Radio Live as he talked about the running backs, tight ends, the defense, and we had a little fun with Coach Houston as well. You'll hear that coming up uh, later on. But right now, we go out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to the new dad, Steven Igo, father of Slater Kyle Igo born last week steven uh, your first appearance on pirate radio after becoming a father how about that how you doing man oh boy i had a great intro great question and now i can hear him yep. saying meh, meh. damn it i had it perfect and it's ruined we'll never get that moment back Igo can have another kid but he'll never have another first kid and
4: I had it perfect. Sorry.
3: Steven, you there?
10: No, I was close to hanging up, but I'm still here. How you doing? I'm doing good. A little less sleep, but excited to be back on, talking to ECU sports. And-
3: <laughs> oh, hold your
10: horses. We got to talk about your son. We got to talk about your boy. The only thing he's <laughs> doing is crying, sleeping pooping peeing,
3: man what a life That's about it. what yeah. a life what time uh what day and time i go was the uh the kid born
10: thursday july 29th at five twenty four p.m eastern time so all right we, uh went to the hospital wednesday last wednesday and um you know this miracle happened on thursday evening and then we stayed till saturday um you know, around lunch, got discharged. Everybody's healthy, which is the most important thing. Erica's a superwoman, and uh
3: That's good. Erica's uh, doing well.
10: It's a yeah, yeah. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's healthy. so
3: That feeling of getting discharged and leaving the hospital is a great feeling in Aiga.
10: It really is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's awesome being there because of the help. You yep. Get, uh, <laughs> and the knowledge that they provide because you have no idea what you're doing, but after... You know trying to sleep or do whatever and everybody comes in every hour to check on something it's hard to really find a rhythm or kind of do your own thing so but i mean those people obviously are trained professionals they help us a lot so um you yeah, know we're really thankful for providing uh and everything that they provided so uh it was a it was an awesome experience steve and i
3: go the new dad joining us i go what are the measurables for slater height and weight
10: he was uh, seven pounds, two point five ounces at birth, and mm. don't, I don't have this, the length off the top of my head. Wow, I need to look it up. Yeah, I guess I'm a. I'm more concerned with weight right now because we're we're having to feed him every three hours to get his weight back up.
3: It's like a Bailey, a uh, Bryce Williams, Bailey Malevich situation.
10: Yeah, it is a. It is truly a a Bryce Williams situation. Having to wake him up multiple times for night just so he can eat. And uh, put on some weight, you know, which is common for newborns. But um, yeah, that's the goal right now.
3: We had a lot of questions, uh, and Shirley Chandler, y'all can chime in. But uh, right now, would you say Slater has a lot of upside in his life?
10: I think so. You know, the most impressive thing I've noticed is uh, he's got really long fingers, and hmm. his his arms are really active. Um, like when he's when he's sleeping or. Bottle feeding, he likes to swing his arms up over his head, almost like he's, he's either signaling a touchdown or signaling a good field goal or trying to catch a pass over his head. Wait,
3: so he might grow up to be a referee? <laughs> he might I,
10: be a referee or
3: a receiver. Okay, all right. I was thinking catch radius, but I goes uh, raising him a ref uh, over there in Winterville. All right. um Is he a good kid?
10: He is a great kid. Not just a good kid, Sassy Moore.
3: (laughs) All right. He's a good kid. That's good to hear, too. What Do we have any other uh, questions? I think that was it. All right. I guess we can move along now and talk football. Steven, uh, how excited are you for when? Wait a minute, Shirley. You got something?
4: Is he a proven commodity?
3: Oh, yeah. That's the one, Steven. Uh, What, four or five days on this earth. Would you say at this point Slater is a proven commodity?
10: You know, as much as I love to label a guy a proven commodity, we're going to have to give Slater a little more time. Wow! I'll say last, he uh, he slept really well. The first couple of nights were rough, so I, I need more of a sample size before I can comment one way or the other. I mean, the, he is a proven uh, cutie, as my wife would say. So, oh he's dear, got a good look, So, it's it's how of, I, he
3: is. yeah, I get it. It kind of sounds like a guy with two catches being labeled a proven commodity. <laughs>
10: uh, you gotta give me that one come on man i mean all right i said he's a proven blocker (laughs) all right all
3: right we don't need to rehash this for the the 12th time uh that is uh referring to aaron jorman ecu tight end which we'll hear mike houston uh talk about the tight ends in just a moment as he joined us on pirate radio live yesterday real quick i go the subject everybody hates myself included COVID. so mike houston says yesterday all but one scholarship players are vaccinated 121 out of 125 on the roster are vaccinated. What does this mean? Is it a situation where if you're vaccinated, you don't have to get tested and you can just run through a regular practice like nothing's happened? Uh, is that is that right? Or you know what's what's the deal?
10: Yeah. So, per my understanding, um, you if you are fully vaccinated, you do not have to go through the protocols and the testing unless you are showing symptoms. Yeah. Uh, and if you are, you know, diagnosed as showing symptoms, then you test and whatnot. Or I guess if there's a determined outbreak uh, among the team, you know, like NC State of the College World Series, then they could test everybody right. to see who all has it. But if uh, truly ECU has 121 out of 125 guys vaccinated, I mean, I just don't see a scenario unless the, the vaccination just doesn't work at all. Where you have you know ten to fifteen positives, and then you test everybody, and then you have more. So I mean, you could have you know one or two outline positives, or you know symptoms that show up. But um, just because one guy shows up with symptoms, and ends up testing positive, doesn't mean everybody else has to test as a result. It would be more. I think you would have to have a cluster of cases to uh, to kind of test everybody. So I, I think if you're ECU, it puts you in better position to avoid situations. Like last year, where you were paused two times, yeah, missed some games, and then paused this spring as well.
3: How about uh, from uh, a different health standpoint, I go as far as injuries go, how healthy is ECU? We didn't really, I forgot to ask Mike Houston this yesterday. Uh, any injuries you know about heading into fall camp for uh, ECU
10: players? None to this point. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say, just covering. Preseason camp in the past, you know, it seems like every time we go out there, there's always one or two guys that are coming off some sort of offseason injury that we had not heard about. Uh, So, you know, I'm not saying that I know that there will be one of those cases, but it very well could be. Last year was Noah Henderson. You know, we all had him projected to be a starting offensive tackle, and he never really practiced because of the back injury coming back from uh, the COVID quarantine. Uh, Gerard Stringer was a, a similar situation where he got hurt away from campus, and uh, nobody really knew about that until I think I read it in Still Still Magazine that he was hurt and would miss the season. So there's always some of those off-season deals, but um, potentially some of those that you keep an eye on. So that'll be one of the first things I do when I go out there tomorrow for practice is, hey, is anybody noticeable, you know, not dressed out, not in the helmet? Not practicing with the team, and because that's you know, uh, if you're a coaching staff, as everybody's putting together their off-season plans for their opponents, you would want to keep that stuff quiet as, as long as possible. Right. Once you, once you get into preseason <clears throat> camp, it's more about your own team, more so than putting together a scattering form for your first you know three or four opponents like a lot of teams do.
3: Steven I go joining us. Uh, go have we, uh, I'm going to regret this one probably when some news pops up the next week or two, but did we go through a summer without, like, no arrests on the football team?
10: it's uh, so another one, no, as far as we know, no big arrests. Um, you know, it was a couple years ago, I think ECU, like, went through the, it was the, the first year of the Mike Cusner, I believe, where they went through the, Uh, the good portion of the summer without anything, and then they got done with camp, and then it was like the week of the NC State game, and you had uh, Delvonte Harris and Juwan Ah, Yeah,
3: we're not out of the woods yet. I'm not claiming we are. I'm just saying, leading up to fall camp, the police uh, blotter has been pretty clear, it seems.
10: Yeah, yeah, you had some on-campus stuff, I think, and you saw those guys dismissed from the program or left the program um, throughout the off season, but nothing like as far as a key player getting in trouble. You know, you had the Ryan Jones situation in the spring, um, which hopefully that happened early enough to where he can learn from it and, you know, kind of grow up in that situation or, or whatnot and not have a, a similar mistake happen again.
3: Steven Igo Hoist the Colors, joining us. I go, the typical question to ask uh, everyone this time of year, what storylines are you looking forward to following? You answered this, I believe, during the – hoist the colors vip chat you'll probably have an article or two on the same subject but anything out of uh the ordinary i mean you know running back behind mitchell and harris is one i'm looking at the, the tight end depth chart um, i'm interested to see uh anything outside of that something we haven't brought up yet that you're looking forward to seeing out there yeah
10: i mean i think ronnie had a good point um the other day i was listening and you know the, the center position is an interesting one because Avery Jones, it sounds like he's going to be the guy there at least start camp. They want to leave him there. Uh, he actually filled in during the spring when Fernando Fry was out, and he was a guy that I personally didn't think would be there long-term. I thought it would be more for Fernando Fry back from injury in the fall, shift Jones back to guard, but it sounds like they want to do maybe the opposite, uh, and it sounds like Jones really came on strong from the midpoint of spring on to the end, so uh, really, you know, just that's something because that little change changes your entire offensive line uh, potentially. You know, then if you have another guard, maybe you slide a Justin Chase out the tackle. What do you do with the shot? Strother, does he play tackler or guard? So I think really just the versatility of the offensive front, how they handle that, mm. one of my main sticking points. Uh, defensively, you know, who's going to emerge as an edge guy? You know, we know Emmanuel Hickman is going to play a role but, you know, does Jeremy Lewis stay healthy and become an impact guy? What does Travion Freshwater and Kareem Simpson do? <clears throat> Is Josiah Robinson from Michigan State any good? You know, those type of deals because they need somebody as a pass rusher to uh, to step up.
3: Steven, you know me. I love a bracket. I also love a depth chart. And just seeing Mike Houston open his folder yesterday and have those names sitting there, um, one on top of the other, it got me really excited for football.
10: So Mike Houston has the uh, has the official depth chart.
3: I don't know. He has a he had a paper with names and they were listed uh, in some sort of order. Stephen,
10: was it the uh, above the line chart? Do you remember that? which Temple's uh, Jeff Collins did? <laughs>
5: what, what was that? He
10: uh, he did not have a depth chart. He said everyone above the line was ready to play on game day, and he just put everybody up there. Yeah, he listed everybody in alphabetical order,
3: and now he just he's down in Georgia wearing the tightest, dirtiest white T-shirt with a vest on over it.
10: Yep, that is correct. That's <laughs> the guy. Yep, his Hanes T-shirt from uh, <laughs> two thousand and nine <laughs> with his bright blue vest over it. Which I'm not going to knock Jeff Collins. He's a hell of a coach. I but, yeah. come on now. It's above the line chart. Get out
3: of here. Yeah, the above the line chart's a little weird, um, and I'm not going to really. I'm not going to knock them for the look either. I think it's cool to have your own thing. It's pretty unique. You don't see a lot of white undershirts, three sizes too small, with a vest over top of it on the sideline.
10: I really need to just show up the car radio with that look one
3: day. <laughs> uh, that look. I am going to, what's it called, cramps your style? Is that an old phrase that we used to use? Uh, not yours, I go, but Glenn Griffin's been going with Hawaiian shirts. I just uh, ordered one last night. I might, I'm, a, I might be Hawaiian shirt guy for one day a week moving forward.
10: Wow, th- Hawaiian shirt Cliff? Yeah, yeah.
3: New, it's not, not, I know. Hey, look, I'm, I'm, try- I'm changing some things about my life. I That's going to be a new one. To force
10: it too much. Like Glenn can pull it off. I don't know if
3: Cliff can. I think uh, it's a fat guy thing. Glenn's fat. I'm fat. I think that we can both pull it. We can. I don't know. He does have a, the bald head helps him out. I think too. I don't know. I don't think I can wear a hat if I go Hawaiian shirt, you know?
10: Whatever happened to tank top Thursday? (laughs) You didn't participate
3: is what happened.
10: One time I brought a tank top, you guys weren't in one.
3: Well, because you didn't participate on day one, and we scrapped it. All right. um, Where were we? We were nowhere. Steven, uh, ECU Fall Camp opening up on Wednesday. What is the... uh, media day situation with the AAC. Is there something tonight and then like teams and players are going to talk tomorrow? Is that right?
10: Yeah. So for my, uh, brief recollection of skimming through the email tonight, you have like a TV show on ESPN plus, I think from seven, nine, where they're kind of going to go over every team. I don't know if they'll have a rest going or not, but kind of a more made for TV, uh, deal previewing the league upcoming season tomorrow. It's a two uh, part deal where in the morning, Mike Oresco will talk to the media in kind of a press conference. I guess it'll all be virtual. And then they're going to do, you know, teams uh, and have coaches and players from each team. And they'll have more coaches and players from each team in the afternoon, with Mike Houston, Jaquan McMillan, and Holden Aylers will participate in at 3.05 uh, Eastern Time on ESPN Plus, so fans can watch that. And um, so that's kind of your, your setup. Again, I don't really understand. Why we're doing this in early August when camp is going on? Yeah, I think that's the last thing many of these coaches want. Uh, I'm sure the American has a decent reason for it, but from the outside looking in, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
3: I go uh, talked about storylines. What's your uh, what's your favorite position battle to follow this fall camp?
10: Position battle. I'll let
3: you think of one because Mike Houston brought up something yesterday that it's it's not. Front and center, it's not something we think about, but it is important. They've got like four kickers on the roster, and I think three punters. And look, John Young could have the edge there, but we saw Luke Larson last year. Uh, is it Nations? Is it the the Lathe kid? I believe his name is. You know that that is a. It's not sexy to follow, but that is certainly going to be a position battle, as Mike Houston pointed out on uh, Monday.
10: Yeah, kicker is, is definitely. Kind of the big one that nobody thinks about, maybe because of special teams. Um, Nations actually left the program in spring, at the very end of spring ball, basically because he was getting Uh-oh. out by. Did I get his
3: name wrong? Who's the other guy vying for it? Daffer, Owen,
10: Owen Daffer. Daffer,
3: Owen Daffer. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry.
10: Yep. Uh but Nations was on the team, and he was he was a scholarship kicker uh, recruited originally by Scotty Montgomery. So a lot of people thought he would eventually be the guy. Uh, for whatever reason, just didn't work out. Um, you know, I think Dapper and Leif, uh, Mar, I don't know if it's Margin or Marwan, uh, but uh, both those guys, I think, are kind of your top two options. They have another couple kickers in the program. Carson Smith, the guy to watch, but those two guys have big legs. I guess it's just going to come down to consistency. And the, thing, the scary thing with kickers is how you look in practice does not always translate to a game because it's just a totally different beast. Yeah. You're kicking in front of tens of thousands of fans, all the pressure's on you. Some guys rise to the occasion, some guys can't handle it. So that's something that ha- could have to be worked out early in the year. You know, as far as my position about to watch, I think it's just the overall safety position. Uh, you know, they brought in so many guys, and they returned so many guys because they kind of got got caught last year with injuries, and lack of depth and youth, where they were like, we can't have this happen again. And they brought in a ton of safeties and DBs. Uh, D.J. Ford, obviously, but you bring back Warren Sabah, Jawan Powell, Keegan Wilk, David Laney. They added Marshall Transfer, Devin King. They added two Juco kids. I mean, they have like a million safeties, I feel like. And who's going to really not just be the starter there, but who's going to be the two deep guys, who are going to be the special teams guys? Those, you know, That's probably the, the biggest emphasis in the last recruiting class, and I'm interested to see how that plays out this season.
3: So we got insight from Steve and Igo. You can get a lot of it over at hoistthecolors.net. Igo, do we have a, uh, I guess, situational punters, like where Young is going to come in uh, at a certain time, and then if you want to go rugby style, it's Larson. I'm kind of interested to see how that plays out uh, because they used them both last year when both were healthy, I believe, right? Yeah, last year it felt like it
10: was a situational deal. I think John Young at one point was dealing with an injury and he missed a game or two. or no. um, Didn't punt a lot in a game or two. But I, I do feel like, you know, just for me, and I'm far from an educated specialist person, but I just thought Young was more consistent in terms of, you know, consistently getting air into the football, directional punting, pinning the opponent's deep. He had his best year by far just overall, uh, graded out really well when, when they relied on him. I think he had close to 30 something punts, and Larson kicked like 17 or 18 times. So, mm-hmm. you know, not quite a 50-50 split. I think you'll see a similar ratio this year. I think they'll roll with both, but it is a you know, I do think they're more comfortable with Larson the rugby punting. So, but you don't want to just throw them in the game, and everybody know you're going to rugby punt. So they have to kind of mix it up. And I think there is a, a strength and weakness still for for both guys.
3: Looking forward to uh, covering some pirate football as fall practice begins on Wednesday. East Carolina, we thirty days away now, guys. Thirty days away from kicking things off. East Carolina and Appalachian State, even less days away from that. From week zero, we got a preseason football game, Hall of Fame game coming up Thursday. I go so uh, some exciting times here, man. It's here. Yeah, this
10: like you you tweeted out last week, man. Last thursday without football and uh luckily slater was born on that day so i didn't i wasn't bored or anything and now that he's here football from here on out so it's it's crazy man it it really does fly by the best thing about it is once august arrives uh, you know we're pretty much working on a daily basis out of practice field so it goes by that much quicker we have plenty to do plenty to cover and i think september 2nd is going to be here in a uh in a flash
3: steven after we talked to you the last time uh the trade deadline for mlb is coming. gone the mariners had beaten the astros in a, a big game the previous night and then the following day they send one of their relievers over to the astros side of the dugout uh and and make a trade and it pissed off like not only fans but apparently mariners players as well right and and uh, It was kind of a uh, you. I think said it was like okay, the season's over, we're done. Uh, you know how's it gone since then, and is there still that that feeling uh, as a fan, and maybe for the guys in the clubhouse that like, why do we just help the Astros out the way we did?
10: Yeah, it was. You know, it's it's twofold. Like the really in reality, the Mariners' window to win is not this year. Especially if you look at what the Yankees and the Blue Jays did at the deadline. Yeah. And those are the two teams they're competing against, along with the A's to get in the playoffs for a wild card spot. And so they didn't want to sacrifice their future, and they were trying to not only improve the team for the short term, but improve it for the long term. So if you look at it on paper, they kind of did that because they ended up flipping Graveman for a young infielder with uh, five years of control, Abraham Toro, who's one of the one of the Astros' previous top prospects who's done really well since he came to Seattle. And the GM was like, we have another move coming. And then they ended up flipping one of their minor leaguers for Diego Castillo from Tampa, who's probably just as good, if not better, than Graveman. And he's locked up for the next three years, whereas Graveman was only on a one-year deal. So Hmm. all that sounds good on paper. Yeah. The problem is, you know, team chemistry, you can't really measure that on paper. I mean, you trade one of your favorite clubhouse guys to the division leader, during the midst of the series and you're playing
3: <laughs> who's at your stadium uh
10: yeah yeah it was
3: a bad look
10: it was just not a like the lack of feel you know yeah like i get trying to make a baseball savvy move and trying to play for the future but sometimes you just have to be like hey our bullpen's elite it was it was pitching elite why even try to disrupt things uh it has not gone very well since they did beat the rays last night but they Lost on uh consecutive walk offs to the Rangers, which is not ideal. Mm.
3: Steve and I Igo, Hoist the Colors joining us on the Fixed N C Live line. Igo, we will let you go. Uh hopefully you uh you and Slater and Erica get some sleep tonight and uh, have a nice, peaceful night.
10: All right, Clip. Uh hope to be back in studio soon, but I appreciate it as always good to be back talking to the pirates of sports.
3: Thanks for coming on. There is Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us on a uh, Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a time out. We'll come back when we return. We'll hear some Mike Houston comments from yesterday. We'll also make you a winner and open up the Pirate Radio booty bag. Still a lot to go in hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this.
0: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome
4: back at Angel They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oaks wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock.
3: All righty. Welcome back in to Pirate Radio Live. How many more days is the Olympics going on?
4: Um, I'm not sure, but I will tell you a couple things. Tell One, uh, ECU alum Tynita Butts Townsend will be competing in the women's high jump, and that is slated for a 9.35 p.m. Eastern time start. Oh, nice. So you'll be able to catch her tonight. I don't know which channel because, uh, of course, they've got the various channels covering these events. So you'll be able to catch her somewhere. Okay. Um, and she is scheduled to compete tomorrow as well. So, uh, we'll get uh, the latest information on her and how she did. I uh, like
3: uh, I like Tanita Butts, and I cannot lie.
4: Yeah. All
3: right, moving
5: ahead.
4: <laughs> and also, and I'm getting ready to uh, to put to it to be up. Funny? In our, yeah. <laughs> um, getting ready to put it up but alec burleson is in the starting lineup for tonight's game against the durham bulls of course assuming the game is going to be underway because obviously it's raining so it may not be raining in durham just yet but the first pitch is slated for an hour from now so uh but alec is in the starting lineup for the memphis redbirds
3: Mm, doesn't look it's raining right now uh 15 percent Throughout the evening. So Oh, they, they might, might be able to get it in. Yeah. Uh that is awesome. I think he's hitting uh Shirley just posted it seventh in the lineup. He's DHing. Yep, yeah.
4: yeah, he's DH'ing tonight.
3: That is fantastic. So uh if you head west right now, you'll be able to get there.
4: Yep. Get and, in
3: just get in your car right now and go. And you can Leave walk. now. Go.
4: And a quick uh <laughs> ECU football update. Single game tickets will go on sale at nine AM tomorrow morning. So All right. Jump on that as well. By
3: the way, we'd like to welcome our new uh, cellmates in Twitter jail. Yeah. ECU baseball uh, has been suspended. What? (laughs)
4: Yeah. (laughs) I wonder what the heck they did. And Uh, you know what's ironic is Twitter just put out that they, uh, if you look up Twitter's, uh, I guess it's main account or whatever, they just put out something probably about an hour ago saying that they are streamlining their... um, their uh, request process for oh, to really are yeah. they yeah yeah but it's 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 taking time
3: that is not streamlining.
4: I t- I tweeted them and it just said unsuspend, PR nine two seven FM. Doggone it. At it's HCU been long enough.
3: Baseball. They probably like had a like a small thing of music playing in a video. Yeah, because apparently like,
4: like we did. Yeah, because apparently they said they're streamlining the sensitive media that triggers a suspension is what they put. And it makes no sense. Just don't suspend it. Hey, how uh, about have some humans work this thing instead of a freaking algorithm?
3: Humans. So what are you? What are, what you, are you in here, here for?
6: for?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now is What'd
6: ECU baseball going to become at free ECU baseball? <laughs>
4: I don't know because I went to tag ECU baseball on Alex, uh, you know, on the post to talk about Alec Burleson, and I could, it wouldn't pull up, and I said. Did ECU baseball do something with their Twitter? A clip said it's probably suspended and sure enough.
3: They are in jail right here with us. Steven
6: Igo, if you're listening, do not post an article about the ECU baseball Twitter account being uh, suspended. Just post football articles. It's, it's you don't do it season. enough. You don't
4: do it enough. It's football season, Igo.
3: Let's get with it. Get with it. Uh Redbeard posting the irony. He says I've been Twitter jail free for months and you got congratulations pirate radio and ecu baseball in twitter jail so Redbeard, uh don't join us stay out of jail just post congratulations your congratulations on your twitter sobriety <laughs> yeah, exactly he's been uh out of jail for months now all right let's uh let's hear a little, a little, let's hear a little bit from mike houston on monday talking about the running backs i asked him who is behind harrison mitchell to get some playing time in the fall who's next up on the depth chart here was his answer
7: well i don't know i mean they'll decide it and that's it's just like last year you know last year you sat here and you know you thought it might be this guy or this guy or this new guy coming in and the players decided You know, and that's that's why I say, you know, no, no player, no parent or whatever can ever say that in our program that uh, they don't get a fair shot because they all do. And you earn your playing time. And, you know, Roger and Keaton, you know, they rose to the top last year and, uh, you know, they they had great seasons, especially for true freshmen and, and limited preparation because of covid. Uh, you know, now those two are back and they're experienced. So I don't know. He is, you know, what role is Macy O'Donnell going to be in? You know, uh, Jamani Wilson, you know, I, we don't haven't really seen a ton of him yet. Pop McKay, you know, the young freshman, you know, certainly talented, uh, but they'll decide it. All right. Uh, that is
3: his philosophy. Players decide I, their playing time.
6: I love that name, Pop McKay. I
3: know and when he goes in the hole and pops a linebacker and gets four extra yards pop mckay on the carry for the pirates that is that does sound good doesn't it dog. i just
4: don't need pop to get pop that's all
3: dog 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 thank you uh how about the tight end position you've got ryan jones who donnie kirkpatrick opened my eyes a little bit uh, last friday when he said that he's a guy they're going to use in the slot use him different ways uh, you've got the returner, Calhoun. You've got the newcomer, Jarman, a proven commodity, according to Stephen Igo. A lot of names back there. Here's what Mike Houston had to say about the tight end position. There, there was one on the roster when I took the job. Yeah. So. And then you had, what, Xavier Smith. They moved him over there, I think, before you got yeah. here. Um, the kid from South Central. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy uh, was playing there. So
7: now you have a real tight end room. Yeah. You know, Jeremy did a great job for us you know, filling in. It's not... It's not where he really wanted to play. It probably is not the best suit for his skills, uh, but he's a team guy. So, you know, he helped us out there and got us to the point we are today. So Jeremy's back uh, on defense where he wants to be. But I really like our tight end room. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Shane as uh, a true freshman, played a ton last year, did a great job for us. You know, I, that kid's He's incredible. He's an incredible person, but he's, he's really going to be a good player. Um, Ryan Jones, you know, elite athlete. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a transition for him. You know, can he handle everything? If he can handle everything, you know, with a scheme, if he can handle everything with just functioning in our program, you know, daily kind of deal, um, you know, he's got the ability to be an impact player. Um, Aaron Jarman, really solid. I mean, solid, solid person, solid player. Uh, he's going to be an impact. And uh, you know, you, what what role is Zach Bird going to play? You know, it's, I had a long talk with him before he went home. That uh, you know, he you know, if he tells me what he wants to do, and you know, so I told him what he's got to do to do that. And so he's got the opportunity. And then Brian Gag, I thought, had a solid uh, you know a solid spring, and uh, I think there's a role for him too. So. Is your base offense one tight
3: end on the field? Two, one, You're just yeah. eleven personnel. That's three receivers, yeah. running back, yep. one tight end. Yep. Mike Houston on the tight ends. There, he also talked about the expectations for his pirate defense
7: in twenty twenty one. I like it. You know, it's uh, you know we're we're still young, uh, but we're a year older than we were last year. Uh, you know, the biggest problem that we inherited what well, probably two things. Uh, you know, when we got here, that stood <laughs> out. One, there was zero depth. There was none. Uh, and then, two, our, our our team speed on defense was not good. Um, you know, staying here today, we have great depth. Uh, we also didn't tackle very well. No, but I mean, that's— didn't practice we, that, but you have fixed but No, that. I mean, it's—there's lots of reasons for yeah. things. But, uh, you know, we had to get faster, and we had to build some depth. And, you know, we've done that. You know, our stand-up guys can run. Uh, You know, especially on the back end, our speed matches up with our conference now. And so because of that, you know, you're getting places faster. Uh, you know, you have, you know, good athletes are going to, you know, be better tacklers because, you know, they're just going to be able to change directions and adjust. Uh, and then, you know, they're gaining experience. So they're learning more of, and that's the big thing is just getting everybody on the same page. And then, you know, when that ball snapped, you play your freaking tail off. I mean, you, you play with a intensity and a fire that, uh, that, that it's, the game is supposed to be played with. And so I think you're going to see those things from this group this year.
3: There is Mike Houston getting the uh, the fan base freaking and us off. fired up with the freaking uh, drop there. Had a little fun with Mike Houston, too, and asked him what ECU players currently on the roster would he suit up in different Olympic events. And I, I listed the events. He told us the player. And uh, I brought this up to him right when he came in at 5. So he put a lot of thought into this. He studied the list that I had. And, uh, and had the answers ready to go towards the end of the show. Here were his responses. I got some different Olympic uh, events, and I'm going to throw out an event and a sport, and you tell me which pirate on your roster would be best suited to compete in uh, in the game. Let's start uh, just weightlifting. Who who would you send out there to represent USA and ECU in the weightlifting?
7: You know, Rick DeBruse is a pretty rocked up guy, so I'd I'd, I'd probably send Rick out there. He he'd at least intimidate him. <laughs> All right. How about swimming? Have you seen any of your guys in the pool? Um uh, about half of them won't go near water. Now, <laughs> you know, Holton did grow up in eastern North Carolina, so he he loves the beach, so I'd, I'd say he's a pretty decent swimmer. He's got the link. He, he, he looks, looks the like length. he could be a swimmer. Yeah. He's, he's just a natural length. athlete. He'd probably be good at that if he wanted yeah. to be. Yeah. All right, let's go 100-meter. Keaton Mitchell. He's the fastest he guy on the can, team? He, I Now, they, they're, they're going to argue. Of course. Like crazy about that, but now he's fast.
3: <laughs> uh, all right, I, I threw Equestrian in here because it was on the TV the other day really you're just sitting on a horse and the horse is doing all the work but you got to remain calm you got to remain focused so what kind of what player do you I'm, think i'm to say john
7: young okay he's yeah. got a he's got a good personality for something like it. he could probably talk to a horse <laughs> all right let's go he, he, you know he has to talk to the kickers there's a lot of similarities you
3: know? <laughs> they're unique people right yeah uh how about floor exercise gymnastics uh who can
7: flip who can turn who can do all that CJ look good with that little ribbon. He kind of would. And yeah. his hair, his hair yes, kind of yeah. looks the it ribbon. He a good gymnast, go. actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, ping pong. He's got the hand. T- clip. Tyler Sneed. Oh. Could you imagine him? He'd be like that. He's, what was the clip? I believe
8: it's referred to as table tennis. Table tennis. My apologies. Yeah. Okay. Wanna, uh, no, Sne- as a Sneed. former
7: champion myself, I right, just like yeah. it.
3: Sneed would be a natural. Oh, he'd be great though. Yeah. yeah. Good call. And I guess rugby, this is your toughest guy, your best tackler. Who's playing? me? we do Bruce Bevins? Bruce. We talked about it a while ago. All right, I'll add one. Uh badminton.
8: <laughs> I'm gonna go off the board and say Donnie Kirkpatrick. Donnie yeah. <laughs>
7: Probably. I could see him yeah. throwing up a net in the backyard, see, yeah. playing a little badminton. How about archery? In flip-flops on the yeah. beach. <laughs> yeah. Coach K probably could do speed
6: walking. I always see him
8: walking yeah. around yeah, town. He, yeah. he
7: and Shank. Yeah.
6: <laughs>
8: who? Would, which coach would do archery,
7: you think? Well, Roy Tesh. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, yeah, he hunts. Yep, you know, perfect for that. Yeah. So, yeah.
8: Yeah, we could field a whole Olympic team just off our football team. Yeah, let's stick to football. <laughs> <laughs>
7: let's, be, let's be real good at that. All
3: right. <laughs> mike houston there uh having some fun and uh man we put together quite a uh, team usa there from ecu football rick DeBru is rocked up rocked that was my favorite line he's a rocked up dog i I think it's about time for me to get rocked up y'all
4: rocked up
3: i want to be able to say i'm rocked up clip have you seen (laughs) clip he is rocked up (laughs) that dude went from flopped up to rocked up and man how cool would that be for somebody to describe you as rocked up yeah he's rocked up man i want to be rocked up i don't i think i'm too lazy Eh. (laughs) i gotta be honest i don't
6: think hey at least
4: you're you're being honest about it at least you're owning it
3: i don't have clip rock and you know he's jellied up (laughs) 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 i don't have the commitment i don't have the um the discipline to get rocked up
4: see i don't have a problem with exercise i just like food too much
3: i i like that too
4: i i just i have no discipline when it comes to food yeah and i know it
3: now if i just while i sit and watch uh sports and friday night lights and just lift it just did uh curls could my arms get rocked up and the rest of me be fat how would that work
4: yeah that probably would work yeah
3: what would that be? <laughs> like, would you be rocked or would you be jellied? <laughs> Rocky <laughs> Rock Jelly rock. Jelly rock. I want to get jelly rocked. That's uh, my new plan. All right. And finally, we had some fun. And boy, Chandler did fumble a couple times on the live ads and stuff yesterday. But he has been practicing for this moment for literally months where he could do his Mark Lindsay impression on the air to Mike Houston. And Chandler, it's like... It's one of those things where it's like the Olympics where you, you train for four years for that one I've moment. trained for four months. And you trained and trained and annoyed Shirley <laughs> and made me laugh. <laughs> and you finally got your shot to do it live on the air with Mike Houston here. And you absolutely nailed it. Uh, we had a little fun uh, with Coach Houston at the end of the show yesterday. You miss all your friends in the media?
7: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy media. Your to voice got high yeah. when you said that. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you, I, the media around here. The great thing about the media here is they all want the same thing we do. They want to see the pirates win. Yeah, that's, that's it. true. You know, so you have a group that really is invested in trying to help. And that's not like that at some of the no. other areas, I've in had big cities. There,
8: I have friends in the media that are in other cities, and they're not like just because they cover a team doesn't mean they like the team.
7: I've had you them know? before where they're trying to play gotcha all the time, yeah. and you got to yeah. be very guarded with what you say to them and how you say it. Yeah, we got we were going to try and get you ready for media day with uh, some
8: questions right. from us from other media folks.
6: Coach, you said you uh wake up at four thirty for sure and uh I I'm still I actually am just going to bed at four thirty in the morning. Uh what kind of breakfast do you eat that early for a little bit for sure? Do you go with the cereal? Do you go with the wild oh, four thirty in the morning? Are you kidding? Just tell me a little bit for sure what you eat at that early in the morning, if you do eat for sure a little wow. bit. Wow. Just getting you ready, coach. No doubt.
8: <laughs> coach. I saw you're going to have a team of going to the movies before a game. What movie are you going to watch? Al, I have no idea.
5: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Just wondering.
7: <laughs> They're great guys. Not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. they're good kids i
3: love <laughs> chandler they oh absolutely they're my best friends <laughs> chandler you're uh that was very impressive though well, thank you you had been working towards that moment for a while and it paid off
6: yeah i'm just adding to the uh to the closet of impressions
3: yeah and man there's so many new things mark Lindsay has said that, that the little bit the uh for sure, for sure. it's written uh, all over your serious. face you see it on your face uh we don't seriously even, seriously serious we don't even say big ball game anymore that's big how far removed was, we uh, are definitely from a big one i think we're gonna bring now that media is back live i think we're gonna get a big ball game probably week one week one for app state and you know what he wouldn't be wrong it is a huge ball game it it sets the tone for the season if you, you want to win six a little bit if you want to go to a bowl you got to beat app state simple as that do you prefer duke's mayonnaise at all here a little
6: bit uh, duke's mayonnaise bowl classic kickoff
3: okay, sure. You, when you make you put a, it on banana uh, sandwiches banana sandwich do you use miracle whip or do you put a little bit of that dukes on it uh <laughs> steve said that if i get arrested i could get rocked up that might that is true that might be the only thing that would get me into tip-top rocked up shape as if i was in a like uh prison and had to work out i had nothing else to do but i I think i'd rather just be jellied up as chandler said than to go to prison and get rocked up let's go around the horn chandler you want to go to prison (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
6: all right huh nah look i've seen remember the scared
3: straight
5: <laughs> yeah, I
6: don't know if I want to go to prison or not. You don't not.
3: even want to be on that, much less actually go to prison. You know, I
6: was watching on Netflix. uh It's called The Confession Killer. It's Henry Lucas, whatever his name is. um But this guy, basically, here's a guy. Here, here's a guy that confessed to all these killings, and he was, uh, uh, he didn't have handcuffs on. They were, they had him in like the meeting rooms and. Where he was showing them where he killed these people, and basically was treated like a celebrity by people. Um, so like, it doesn't make any but sense. But I think they did that
3: what just to get all the confessions, right? Well, right. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "All right, well,
6: he's co- cooperating with us. Yeah, you know, we'll kind of give him some leeway here." But yeah, I I would uh, not want to be in prison. If you yeah. <laughs>
3: well,
4: that was a long answer, great
3: answer,
6: Taylor.
4: If they have contraband, you know. If they have to do a room search, you don't want to find like Cheetos in your room.
3: What would you try to sneak into your prison cell? There's a good. If you were allowed to have something
6: in your prison cell, what would it be?
3: I mean, internet.
4: Well, yeah, you would have. Well, see, then that you would have internet, but no phone, no laptop.
3: Oh, you son of a gun! (laughs) Well, what's the? Well, I don't want a. I guess a phone then. How's the I, how's the five G, Wes? Five <laughs> G.
4: <5G. Well, wait. laughs> did you hear this No. <laughs> what did I what did I miss? We had
6: a uh, we struggled to get Mark Greenhouse, oh aka Granny, on the phone. It was a freaking catastrophe. And he asked what happened, and <laughs> Wes responds with
4: five <laughs> G. <5G. 5G. laughs> As in, he didn't. And then have he it? like
3: he said, "All right, can you explain that?" I said, well, "Technology." I said, "Wes, well, we have a landline." Like, <laughs> I know, but it's five G. He said, "Technology." <laughs> it was great.
4: It was just simple one word answers. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Right to the point. So, Greeny not being on was attributed to technology. Five G. Yeah. Maybe wait. Did you call Greeny and put him on hold, Shirley, or did Wes call him? Surely
3: it was everything happened. I, I, <laughs> he called us. We they called him. It was just, oh, it was a, it was a Back huh? and forth. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. But anyway, well, I'm glad. We, but we got him on the that. phone, and we were able to talk golf. Okay. <laughs> and all, all is right. right in the world. Okay. Um, we didn't open up the booty bag, did we?
4: No, we haven't done that. All yet. All right, we, we need do to do it
3: Right now.
2: Booty 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 everywhere. Booty, 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 booty
3: everywhere. 317 1250 is the number. Shirley, what are we giving away today?
4: $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company.
3: Oh, man. That is a goodie. 317 1250. What call are we looking for?
4: I'm going to go with lucky number seven.
3: All right. Uh, when we return, we'll have our winner. And there is a report of one Big 12 school that could be headed. To the big 10 uh-oh and uh-oh. if you've been listening to this show i've been calling it for a while but i'll let you know what the report says
4: mike Resco needs to get on the phone
3: well i'm gonna make some calls my first call will be to pirate radio to try to win this hemp i'm a big fan of the <laughs> bath bombs that they offer i put it in my They've bath
6: Also got shampoos
3: i put it in my hair and i rub it in and uh, i think about shane carden and justin hardy <laughs> All right, more Pirate Radio Live. What Big 12 school could be headed to the Big 10? We'll let you know after this.
0: listening to hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now back to the show.
4: Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. And if you have a dream of having a backyard patio, fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call at 364 1201. Or you can stop by the Carolina Hardscapes Outdoor Showroom on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sub Furniture. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes. And congratulations to Josh Lilly of Greenville. Picked up a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Are you one who has been waiting before trying CBD? Well, ENS Hemp is the area leader in CBD, and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue, or online at eshempcompany.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock.
3: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live every day. We talk at least, uh, well, a lot of ECU football every day we're also going to be talking at least a little bit about conference realignment and what is happening because new rumors come out every day new stories come out every day uh today it was uh that the big 12 and pac-12 met to talk about potentially putting something together um where they could stay intact as a power in the world of college football uh you also had the florida state president come out and say that uh florida state has not reached out to the sec that came out today well here's one for you that came out this hour so and i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you two tweets here first from dylan davis he says mike vernon who is a kansas writer says that his sources are telling me telling him it's imminent that kansas is headed to the big 10 likely to be announced within the next couple weeks Mike Vernon responded to that tweet and said, let me clarify, I am hearing this is more possible than it was just 24 hours ago. I think there may be some truth to this message board rumor and I'm working to find out more. And then a random person responded said, don't walk back what you just said on the air. (laughs) So what's clear is nothing, but I do think Kansas, you had Kansas for basketball, and then you grab an Oklahoma State or Iowa State for football if you're the Big Ten, and you run with that, and you're looking pretty. I think Kansas is uh, is not going to stick around with the Big 12, and we'll move on. But anyway, we will continue to follow that. Shirley Rhodes, great job. Welcome back. Uh, I think uh, Big Dog Glenn Griffin will be in for you tomorrow.
4: Yes, that's correct. You know, I we, should uh, be back on Friday unless something changes.
3: All right. And uh, Chandler Honeycutt. I'll be reading the live ads. Oh, boy. Stay tuned for that, folks. Coming up on uh, on Wednesday. All right, and uh, I'll be back with you. 3 o'clock Wednesday for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live.
0: So long, buddy. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.